Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. 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 Spider sense tingling. I'm in for some trouble. Something's turning my spider sense off. Spider sense tingling. I feel my spider sense. Spider sense tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek, and I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on foureyeradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we've got a very spooky episode today. Ooh. Ooh. Not, not really, not really at all, actually. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's gonna be the most misleading title ever. I know, right? But you know what? Yeah, we'll We're get keeping those, it. We're getting it for the clicks, for the clicks and the downloads. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we just we just finished uh, a big, a big, bulky, spectacular Spider-Man season, yes. right? So, um, this is our opportunity to do something a little bit different, and it kind of lines up because this is obviously uh, Halloween month. Um, this will be mm-hmm. coming out right near Halloween. So we figured it's a good opportunity to do the most spooky thing that we could find Spider-Man related that wasn't like tied into a season of a show. We already did the episodes of Spectacular Spider-Man that take place on Halloween. Mm-hmm. The Any episodes with like Morbius and stuff are going to be a little ways away. So, you know, we have to, we had to, we had to pick from 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 what was available one thing that exists is someone named ghost spider and as we all know ghosts i don't know i don't know (laughs) we'll have to find out but as we all know ghosts are spooky in halloween so you know there we go spooky spooky ooh halloween happy halloween Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's probably going to be the most uh, spooky talk that we get. So, <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most thematic we could get. <laughs> yeah. Why? There aren't any, like, Halloween specials for Spider-Man. Like, there isn't. Yeah. There aren't, like, holiday specials for Spider-Man at all that we've found so far. Like, I'd love, I'd love to have a fun, like, Christmas Spider-Man special to cover on Christmas, but I don't think that exists anywhere, you know? And I don't know why. Like it seems weird to me that it doesn't. Yeah, it's such a historyed property. I don't. Right. I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't go through that phase. Yeah. Everything should have a Christmas and Halloween special. Everything should have an everything Something. holiday special. Actually, any holiday special. Yeah. yeah, just every holiday special you could possibly do. I want. Yeah, yeah like man. give me the Spider-Man Arbor Day special. I was just thinking Arbor Day. That's so funny that we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> That's always my go-to for like random holidays. <laughs> I mean, why not though? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I I would I would happily display like a 
a set of 24 holiday specials for spider-man seriously that's always been my favorite (laughs) my favorite like sitcom thing is when Mm -hmm. because they can you can just go completely outside of your genre when you're doing a holiday special because it's sort of like you get it it's christmas it's gonna be weird and magical it's halloween people are gonna get murdered even though it's like family matters or boy meets (laughs) world or whatever it doesn't it's it's halloween it doesn't matter it's fine like just do it outside of your mold a little bit (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah (laughs) disappointing that doesn't happen but uh you know the word ghost is here so there we go there we go (laughs) we've done it there we go and you know what these are fun these are these are fun little specials to talk about and totally uh, both of us were totally unfamiliar with them at all i only learned that this existed because it was suggested to us uh to cover one of them okay I was a little more familiar than that. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. It wasn't until one of our our um, our frequent word snappers uh, submission people um, and patron uh, uh, Gemma Nicole sent us the trailer to the Battle of the Bands thing, um, which is one of the later specials from Marvel Rising. And was like, hey, you guys ever want to cover this? And I was like, uh, that sounds cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, and then learn that that it's it's a, it's an entire franchise that exists. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So Marvel Rising ended up on my radar mostly because there are a lot of characters involved in the roster that I enjoy. Um, so obviously, Ghost Spider, who inspired us to cover it, but Kamala Khan is one of my favorite current Marvel superheroes, and she's part of this this franchise as well. Mm-hmm. And then America Chavez as well. So there were a couple a couple characters that I, I was already paying attention to. And then I think that my niece got a Marvel Rising comic on um not on Free Comic Book Day, but from Free Comic Book Day mm-hmm. uh, when we went to the comic book shop. So I think she might have like one comic uh, that's technically Marvel Rising. Nice. See, this this was interesting for me because I am so unfamiliar with all of the, all of these characters. Um, <laughs> like I I know I know that they exist, but like I've never read any comics for for Kamala Khan or Squirrel Girl or America Chavez or even I've never read any of the Spider-Gwen comics either. So like this is, I I know of them and I'm like in full support of them and everything that I've seen of all those characters looks really cool. Like they've always been on my radar and on my like to read list. I just never have gotten to them. So, Well, I hope this can inspire you because there's there's yeah. some really really good stuff among these characters. There's also some not great stuff. So <laughs> sure, sure. I guess it's uh it's good that there's enough of it that you can pick and choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I really I, I I enjoyed watching this because I really had I I knew a little bit what to expect, but like the most base casual stuff. Like I know Squirrel Girl is kind of funny and has squirrels. I know Kamala Khan can stretch. I guess, but like that's you know that's, that's the, just the, the extent of it, pretty much. So it was really fun to kind of um, to learn a little bit about them, and they don't really they don't do at least on these two specials don't really do any deep dives of any of the characters or their origins or whatever. Right. So which is which is fine because that actually makes me a little more interested to read up on on them and find out who they actually are and what their mm-hmm. stories really are because I don't even really know what some of their powers are at this point. Which again, it's fine. It's fun. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was excited, and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about them and maybe have you answer some questions that i have as we go along about i will do my best (laughs) (laughs) there i would say there are three characters that i'm very familiar with and the rest i'm peripherally familiar with sure sure (laughs) 
Well, yeah. So I guess we can we have a, a little bit of background on this because I, I would be willing to bet that plenty of our listeners might not really know much about this series either because um, it's not really a TV series. These, it's sort of this uh, this weird like amalgam franchise thing that just kind of pops up as web specials and TV specials and comics. So it's uh, it's probably not necessarily on everyone's radar unless you're you're looking for like these characters like you were specifically because you're not necessarily going to catch it while you're flipping through channels. So <laughs> right, if you have young kids or. If you have like young nieces or nephews or if you are a teacher with young students or whatever, I would be willing to guess that you are at least sort of familiar with the DC Superhero Girls franchise. This is like that, but not quite as big or far reaching yet. That's kind of what I seem to think it's trying to do as far as like the type of media it puts out, the platform that it puts it out on, the sort of like characters and audiences that they are attempting to represent. I think that it just hasn't quite gone all in in the way that DC Superhero Girls did. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's only it only just started like last year. So it's uh, it makes sense. But yeah, you're right. I feel like DC Superhero Girls hit the ground running when that came oh, out. So yeah. it is it is kind of a kind of a bummer that this hasn't really caught on, but I don't know if they've really tried as hard as they could as they could. I don't I don't know because <laughs> I don't I don't see I mean if you go to the store and I said hey can you find me something with like the DC Superhero Girls logo on it mm-hmm. I'm confident you could walk into a Target or a Walmart or literally any sort of like store you just pick things up in and and you could find it mm-hmm. this I honestly don't know yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea what their merchandising is like um, I have no idea I, I'm not sure what they've done well I know that one of the just one of the things that I, I saw just doing like a little bit of cursory research in the background of it um mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was the initial initiation one that we're gonna talk about or the secret warriors special but one of them it it was like advertised it, to be aired on Disney XD like in conjunction with airing on YouTube but uh-huh. like then they aired it at like 10 o'clock at night or something like an oh, absurd time slot that's for, weird yeah so it's one of those things so who do they think their audience is good question it's one of those things where you wonder if maybe it was just like someone at the network wasn't actually that into it it was sort of like okay hmm. we'll, we'll air your we'll air your dub girl show uh, we'll put it in the middle of the night like <laughs> not middle of the night but middle of the night for like 8 year olds you know so I mean, <laughs> past the bedtime of who DC superhero girls right. are going for, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. So it's, huh. it's, really, it's really bizarre. Oh, that's confusing. But TV for kids is so weird now because I think the networks are, are, are just going so hard on the apps. It's been a challenge for any adult following, like, Cartoon Network shows, for example. Like, mm-hmm. Steven Universe has been, like, so chaotic to follow. And I think it's because they don't really care about it being aired on TV. It's because they think they, I guess maybe they get more ad money or or something from Mm. from their app. And they know that more kids are just going to be glued to their tablets and phones and just watching stuff on their app anyway. So I guess so. I guess maybe that's just kind of where we're heading naturally. And they're just trying to to get a... uh, to, to get a head start on that with, with the kids now. So I don't know. I mean, and I don't really know how well this does online. So Oh, I didn't even think to look at what the the viewer count for the videos that we watched was. Oh, I didn't really either, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I guess we should – I know you mentioned it, but we, we watched these on YouTube because they are primarily – 
meant to be viewed on on YouTube. They don't regularly air on TV. I don't even know if all of them have aired on TV. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, because they're they're presented in short form. So yeah. you know you can watch one of these in its entire twenty two minute chunk, but they originally were presented as micro sized webisodes. Right. Again, similarly to the way that DC Superhero Girls is presented, but also similar to the way that something like the the upcoming Quibi streaming platform is meant to be, hmm. where you watch five minutes at a time, and then over the course of however long, you end up with a half hour to an hour long movie or TV episode. Hmm. It's really weird to think about having grown up with television, but I, I'm i expecting we're going to see more of this for all audiences, not just... Hmm kids on on their you know on their tablets or whatever yeah i don't i mean i'm just getting old but i don't like it but i get it i I, I get it (laughs) i i think i I think part of it is that i think part of it is obviously a nostalgia for what we're used to but i do think that there are some storytelling concerns that come with it as well Mm -hmm. um when you have to package things in a five minute bit yeah Yeah. (laughs) or three minute bit in some cases you know yeah it's not to say you can't tell stories but uh i just get concerned because Mm. i don't know i agree uh, i don't know it's it's weird because it also seems like it's maybe just kind of a an extension of where we're at with a lot of tv shows made for binging where they're always Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a 10 hour movie kind of thing when and and it's usually (laughs) like you could have just made a movie but instead you stretched out your story over 10 hours of episodes that are basically just kind of cut apart at around the hour mark but aren't really necessarily like actual individual episodes <laughs> um, and you just yeah. made a very long thing for us to watch and for some reason our brains just like feel better watching 10 hours broken up into chunks because we feel more accomplished rather than if we were to watch <laughs> a 10 hour full movie in one go even though it's like it's probably structured almost exactly the same we're creating an environment where the counterculture is a standardized format for television. <laughs> right? It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Here are your options. You can watch five minutes at a time or you can watch 13 hours. <laughs> <laughs> God, what are we doing? Is this, I don't, I don't know, right? Know. We're just, we're just getting old. It was just like this yeah. newfangled, newfangled technology s- stuff. Like, why can't they just do episodes like the old days? I want fillers and standalones, man, and 20, <laughs> 22 episodes per season <laughs> airing week to week with breaks in the winter. That's what I yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that. <laughs> I will say, watching these didn't feel like a problem as far as having it been broken up. I did watch the 21 or 22 minute version all the way through. Mm -hmm. And my only interruptions were just YouTube commercials. And I wasn't super bothered. I mean, I I think they do their credits or no, they, they do full credits at the end. They don't do credits in between. Yeah. You can kind of tell where they were cut, but it's not, it's not super intrusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one, this one works because this definitely was written to be like an episode of a TV show or a TV special that was just then cut after the fact i feel like like they just they cut where they where there naturally would be commercials if it was airing on tv anyway basically so yeah i think i think it works in his favor yeah i don't i don't think that's that's a problem here with either of these that we watch so 
it's it's cool and and it's it's us this the whole the whole idea of marvel rising is interesting too because it feels weirdly kind of structured a little bit like a tv show but then it's it's also not like they're all these different specials and as we'll kind of talk about like we're talking about the first special and the third special because the second special is actually a movie that doesn't feature ghost spider at all and only like barely has the same storylines of the first and third special but is also like the flagship special because that's where the main team is formed it's very yeah. it's very 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 strange it's it's see and and some of that flexibility is something i am excited about because it does allow you to do things in, in sort of a wildly different or creative manner where you could say, you know, let's do an episode that's literally just these two characters. And then next time, let's do an episode that's all 12 people from the roster. That's true. Kind of like a, you know, we're both we're both Power Rangers and Toku people. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Q Ranger where you have a cast of 13 and maybe some episodes really only focus on half the team and it's what would happen if these ones were together? And then this other one is what would happen if these ones were together? And then sometimes it's everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I do dig that flexibility. I guess it's just outside my typical comfort zone. So yeah, maybe there's just that sort of nostalgia of what I grew up with that makes me concerned, but not averse, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like I, mean, I was like I was mostly joking with like the whole like typical TV format stuff because like when when it's done well, like when this format breaking stuff is done well, like yeah. it usually is it's it's because it's done for a reason and because it kind of pays off in the end and and it uses that kind of different format to tell different kinds of stories or mm-hmm. or, or something. So yeah. So I think it, it does work because with, with these like we're watching just for ghost spider and you're kind of able to do that fine. There really isn't much missing in between these two that you're going to be totally confused about. If you're only, if especially if you're like a kid, that's just like, Oh yeah. I like Gwen Stacy. I just want to watch all the Gwen Stacy stuff. You can mm-hmm. jump around these specials and not really lose anything. Like the only thing that happens in between these two specials is a team is formed and there's some conspiracy, whatever going on, whatever. Like it's, but it's barely... specifically a team that she's not a part of. So that's, yeah. you know, you just skip that if you're there for Gwen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it all, it all works. Um, and that's why it was, it, it worked for us doing like just these two specials specifically. And I have to imagine that's part of the thing that they're thinking about when they're making right. this is if, if it's not a real TV show that everyone is watching sequentially, then you shouldn't have to necessarily watch it all sequentially and be completely lost. So, yeah. um, and I think it does, it does work in that fashion. I imagine it's probably more cost effective and allows them to do a bit more like active research along the way to say like, well, let's do, you know, some shorter form stuff and the things that people respond to better will invest a bit more in that and probably allows them to sort of do more of a, a spread shot of things than like a targeted property that might swing and miss and then be like sure. a failure as a whole. Sure. You know? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, so I have a little bit of background information. I guess we can go we can go to this will be pretty quick, but just some pretty cool quotes because I actually really like the the thought process that they had with creating this, like their goals that they had in mind with creating Marvel Rising. Yes, I'm very excited about properties like this because mm-hmm. of the the reason that they are conceived and put forward. Right, right. And what that means for the future of not just these properties, but the universes that they exist in. 
Yes, exactly. So this is just um, a few quotes from an Entertainment Weekly article that came out um, back last year when this was uh, first debuting. So Marvel Rising, it's essentially like, like we said it before, it's kind of made to be this kind of cross-platform, cross-media franchise. So there's Marvel Rising comics, there's these TV movies that have aired, and there's like the web specials that are all like kind of tied together featuring the same characters. The goal is essentially to focus on, and this is a quote, focus on a new generation of young, diverse Marvel superheroes, many of whom were just introduced or rebooted in the last few years. This group of heroes is younger and more inclusive in terms of both gender and ethnicity than the mostly white male heroes who dominate the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they're not kidding. Mm-hmm. In the in the two specials we watched, I don't think there's a single white male team member. Yeah, the only character the the only characters are like Captain Stacy, <laughs> like yeah. any or, or like antagonists. Like everyone who's a hero or a main character is not a white guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's they're really they're really not. And one thing that that excites me about that is you know with a lot of these characters, if if, if you just looked at the characters in these specials that are already sort of firmly established in the universe, a Ms. Marvel a ghost spider sort of a america chavez although that's a little rockier squirrel girl they they end up with so much backlash from like quote established older fans Mm -hmm. when they're when they're inserted into anything so just recently at the time of this recording you know they announced that kamala khan was going to be a playable character and an integral part of the story in the upcoming Avengers video game. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people who are like, who's she? Why is she there? Who cares? Like, put in Hawkeye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of me understands where they're coming from. They're set in their ways. We all we all have something we're set in our ways about. But when they create a franchise like this that's specifically aimed at younger or newer fans, what that means is X number of years down the road you're going to have an entire audience and fan base ready for the Kamala Khan movie as opposed to, you know, the people who are just so ready and willing to reject (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like at a certain point, there's going to be this entire fan base. that's like, when are we getting our America movie? When are we getting our ghost spider movie? Mm -hmm. And uh, I like that. It's really smart. It's, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that that's sort of the tactic they have to take, but I'm glad that they can find the opportunity and the audience to do that. Yeah. I mean, Harley Quinn was introduced in an animated superhero show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and granted, it was an entirely different decade and our attitudes about these properties were different. But I have to imagine that if they tried to introduce Harley Quinn in 2019, she would be so quickly rejected. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's a good point. But, you know, she was a she was a character added to a show and ended up being a hit. And then they could they built an audience. So yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that a number of these characters will will have that chance. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I think, are, are just kind of look for that reason to reject these characters because they're looking for like, oh, it's just SJW pandering, which actually I think was like a verbatim comment on that Entertainment Weekly article that I found, too. So cool. it's like, yeah, and it's sort of like, but <laughs> but like. They're allowed to ex- exist. Like, there's no every character yeah. comes from somewhere, and 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 a lot of the same people will also get mad at legacy characters and just be like, "Well, why do you have to make a black Captain America or a but, black Spider-Man? Uh, why can't you just make your own hero?" And then they do, and they're mad about that too because it's still considered pandering. You know what's so weird though? Legacy characters aren't new. 
Legacy right. characters are not a new concept. Right. How many flashes were there before the year 2010? Mm-hmm. How many Green Lanterns were there before the year 2010? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's fine, everybody. We'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. John Stewart wasn't like considered SJW pandering because that wasn't a phrase that existed and that wasn't a concept people were, were looking for. <laughs> right. So yeah. Right. It's just like <laughs> characters exist. That's how that's how yeah. stories are written. They get created and uh they get written and then they exist. Like that's there's not really yeah. much else to it, guys. But <laughs> um and obviously like I, I mean, technically, they do have it in a quote-unquote agenda with Marvel Rising because they are specifically trying to, like, be inclusive. Um, so yeah. if you want to say that there's an SJW agenda, I mean, yeah, there totally is with this, but that's cool. Like, But neither one of us <laughs> thinks that's a bad thing. Right. You know? <laughs> when, right. You, when, you're, when your SJW agenda is to acknowledge people you've ignored for, you know, 80 years... I'm okay with it. Yep. I'm okay with you creating some new characters to acknowledge folks you've ignored for 80 years. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And the thing we see, what we see in these two specials is that it's still, it's dealing with a pretty, um, pretty typical superhero stories with them too. They're not really even, like, I can totally see opportunities where they could kind of mm-hmm. go into, like, larger, larger, like, societal issues through these characters. But honestly, like, these two specials, everything they're dealing with um, at least from what we have seen from these is pretty typical, like heroic growing pains and oh no, a hero on the run from the law, like, like pretty, yeah. pretty typical superhero stuff. It's just through the lens of, of these characters who uh, look more like people who are watching, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm excited that they, that they had that in mind and I really like what they've done with it so far. Me too. I really enjoyed these. Yeah, I did too. So this is a quote from Marvel editor Sana Amanet, a co-executive producer on Marvel Rising. And she actually also created Kamala Khan, uh, which is really cool. Um, so she said, over the last few years at Marvel, we've seen this huge growth in new types of characters, a younger generation of heroes that has brought in a new cast of Marvel fans. These characters are true to what the Marvel universe is about, while also being truly reflective of the world outside your window, um, which is pretty much exactly what we were just talking about. But it's really cool that they got the creator of Kamala Khan (laughs) Mm -hmm. involved in this as a co-executive producer. So so awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love that quote too. Because I feel like those two things, the idea that you stay true to what a universe is about while also recognizing what's outside your window, Mm -hmm. for some reason, those things are pitted against each other so frequently and they don't need to be. You know, you can introduce new characters into a universe that fit into that universe just fine Mm -hmm. while creating new characters. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Because, you know, and, and as we see in these specials, they're integrating these characters into like a lot of pre-established Marvel stuff. Like there's so much stuff dealing with like inhumans and shield. And it's, so it's like, it's not like they're not out there doing their own thing. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're very, very easily integrated into the greater universe of it. Yeah. And a lot of these characters are basically 
like they're they're characters that would have existed already because because New York City and Jersey City are populated by millions of people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, what would happen if one of these background characters had something significant happen to them? Mm-hmm. Like, what would that be like? You know, yeah. what if basically in the case of like a Ms. Marvel, what would happen if Captain Marvel's biggest fan found out she did end up getting superpowers? You know, like oh, is that what her backstory is? I had no idea. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I've simplified it like greatly, but that is why she why her costume looks the way that it does and why she is called Ms. Marvel is because she's basically Kamala Khan is a superhero fangirl inside the universe. That's so she, cool. Yeah. So she is a super fan of the Avengers. She writes fanfic about superheroes. Oh my God. Like she's she's very much a young millennial or Gen Y internet fan, you know, um embroiled type person. Like she's She's a character that so many people online would recognize themselves mm-hmm. in. That's cool. And that's like a huge part of her character that I think gets ignored because what people see is that anti-SJW sort of reaction to seeing something different. That's neat. Because she's not even really yeah. like a legacy character in the same way that a lot of them are necessarily. Right. It's actually a pretty – it's a really unique spin on it. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. I had no idea. I mean, that's how that's – how, uh, not entrenched in like the cultural consciousness her backstory yeah. is because I had no freaking idea that's what it yeah. was, backstory was. Well, and she's the kind of character from that perspective that couldn't have existed 20 years ago. The yeah. type of fan community that we experience now didn't exist in the way that Kamala interacts with it. <laughs> interesting. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, she's she's almost a natural progression of the universe because you wouldn't want your characters to all act like they still exist in 1964. You want some of them to act like Mm -hmm. they exist in 2019. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking, what is a 15 year old doing in 2019? Bam. Look at Kamala Khan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that makes me, I really, I didn't get, I wanted to watch the secret warrior special that's in between these two, but I didn't get a chance to, but I, I think Miss Marvel is like in that because she was in one of the thumbnails. So that would be fun to like, see those two interact if she's actually, if I'm right and she's in that, I'm kind of excited yeah. to watch more of these. She's so rad. I'm a, I'm such a huge fan of her. That's so cool. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> want to want to read more Kamala Khan stuff after this. Yes, for sure. Yes. I do love this other quote that you pulled. This, this is kind of in the same vein, but in a, in a different area of representation and, and seeing yourself in characters. Basically in order to, to ensure that Marvel rising would resonate with its target audience, Marvel senior vice president of animation court lane and his team sat down with younger fans to talk about the types of stories and types of characters that they would want to see. And those conversations actually informed certain elements of Marvel rising animation itself, um, especially with regards to designs. And this is a quote specifically from court lane. One thing many girls were asking for was different body types. In animation, characters all sort of look the same. Um, There are similar body types based on model sheets, but here every female character has a different body from the other characters. Uh, They were also very open to ethnic and religious diversity of the cast. And I really like that, and this show has made that opportunity because... This show has a team whose composition is a majority of female superheroes, which we don't get to see very much. You 
you typically see one or two women on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you just by default, you you might get to see two different body types. But in superhero properties, it's usually one body type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you have six or seven different female characters on screen who all have different personalities and different lives and different backgrounds, you've given yourself this opportunity to, to represent so many different types of physicality and, and types of bodies um, on screen. And it's, it's really cool and really refreshing to see. <laughs> and, and the type of animation that they use for these specials isn't so rigid that they're locked into everyone looking the same. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not a, um, I'm going to pick on like flash animation because it tends to be a bit more rigid and stenciled, but it's not like that where you're just sort of like changing specific characteristics of their faces or their clothes or whatever. The style of an- animation is is very much that, you know, Western animation that's obviously influenced by anime Yeah. Um, that you see very specifically in things like Avatar The Last Airbender or The Boondocks. But it's not as, I, I don't want to say obvious because it's, it's very clearly there, but it's not, I don't think it's meant to be specifically an homage of a particular anime style. Yeah. It's just very obviously influenced by anime character design. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like the Teen Titans kind of style where it's just like right. they're almost just basically making a western anime. Like it it's just it's just clearly like it's it's just influenced by it. It's not really explicit. Yes. Yeah. So they can be really flexible about character designs and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, and it's funny because they even like call out, <laughs> call out like turning into anime style in this too. Oh, yeah, that's funny. right. <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I like it. I really, I just, it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's just really cool that like they're acknowledging that they basically, I don't know. I don't know if you, they were like focus groups or what, but they, they at least like reached out to what people wanted. That's that's so often like the the counter narrative to like these sorts of efforts mm-hmm. is usually well like you're just trying to just like pander to some base or whatever and it's just like yeah there's like people who exist who want this like there's clearly people yep. like people who are out there who would buy your product like cynically yeah this is going to help them make money but that's what all of this is also for if you can do a little bit of good through that by helping uh helping these like kids kind of see themselves in the media that they consume as they're giving you money or whatever like Mm -hmm. that's fine (laughs) like that's that's like the the best case scenario for capitalism on that front so (laughs) yeah i don't know who needs to hear this but for every single book video game television show movie any form of entertainment it's targeted at a particular audience <laughs> mm-hmm. they've decided who they're marketing to yeah. <laughs> none of it is made just like i'm gonna make the art and see who comes right. like that's not how right. any of this works <laughs> and i could definitely see this like not being for some people like i don't yeah. know i don't know if i would necessarily even say that this is for me because i don't know if we weren't doing this podcast i'm not sure how how likely would be that I would ever like decide to watch all of these and really pay attention to it, you know, but I really appreciate, like I see what they're going for and I really appreciate it. And I love that the kids that they talk to are so like on board with just being like, yeah, man, show all kinds of different people. Like, yeah, (laughs) Gen Z is cool. (laughs) I'm I'm into it. (laughs) I'm so glad that like in those conversations, there was probably somebody who said like, I'm a girl and I have strong arms and I don't ever get to see girls with strong arms. You know what I mean? Or like, 
<laughs> or like uh, I'm a girl that you know doesn't have huge boobs and I never get to see superheroes that are girls without huge boobs like <laughs> and I feel like Gen Gen Y or Gen Z rather I think I said Gen Y earlier but Gen Z like are probably the most comfortable saying things like that yeah yeah <laughs> gosh what a blessing I know I believe the children are our future yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have uh, already mentioned that, that we've been able to watch these on YouTube, but uh, you can also watch them on Disney now. I don't. Is that going to continue to exist in like know. a month? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's so many of these things. I guess like, I think Disney now is the free app, so probably it'll still exist for kids. Yeah, okay, yeah. Who can that still makes use sense. it. Yeah, like in the same way that like Cartoon Network and Nick have have their app and stuff. So I think it's the same. It's it's gonna probably still exist, but well, who knows? Maybe you'll be able to watch them on Disney Plus. Who freaking knows? <laughs> it would certainly count towards their you know seven thousand episodes of television that they're touting. Oh or God, is that is. what they're saying? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly <laughs> what the number is, but if you can say that you've got you know six separate episodes for each one of these specials, oh, add your numbers yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy to find is what we're trying to say. Uh, very, extremely easy to find, yeah. Yes. So the first one that we're going to be doing, it's the first special of Marvel Rising. Um, it's Marvel Rising Initiation. The synopsis for this per IMDb is, Ghost Spider is on the run after being framed for her friend Kevin's murder, while Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Quake, and Patriot attempt to bring her in. Yes. So this originally aired on August 13th, 2018, and it was presented as six shorts on YouTube and Disney XD. So I have to imagine that these were things played in between episodes or, you know, on commercial breaks or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't realize that they all dropped at the same time on YouTube. I didn't either, but I was I mean, I was trying to look to see if I'm right about that. Like maybe maybe I was missing something, but I I could only find all of the episodes on YouTube. And on that same day and, and on Wikipedia, it looked like that was like the air date for it. So which yeah. is kind of a weird, which is kind of a weird because I would have expected like this would be the kind of thing that they would drop one a day or something if they're going to break it up anyway. But again, like we were saying, people just like binge feeling like they're binging stuff in multiple episodes rather than in one one go, even if it's only for 20 minutes. The only reason I can really think that they would drop all six at the same time, though, given the format, is that they didn't start with individualized shorts. So it's not like they have a Ghost Spider three-minute short just about Ghost Spider and a Ms. Marvel three-minute short just about Ms. Marvel. Like, this was the first Marvel Rising content they dropped, right? Right, yeah. So they probably wanted to make sure that you were getting a full story out of it. That makes um, since sense. Since they didn't do, like, a Meet America Chavez video or whatever. Yeah. They might have it now, but it sounds like they didn't leading up I to this. I think so. I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, I didn't look back on We're that. old. We don't know how YouTube works, okay? <laughs> Get off our backs. Because I, I know I did. Because I did see like character bio videos. But I, you're right; they might have come out after this. It doesn't matter. It existed on August 13th, 2018. Yes, <laughs> that's when it was born. That's when it was born. <laughs> yeah. um, it was written by Marguerite Scott. She was a, and she's also really kind of basically the the showrunner of all this. I don't know if that's her official um, title for the whole franchise, but she's she's writing all of the, like all of the specials. So it's kind of like her project writing wise. Exactly. Right. Um, that's cool. Yeah, she's also been a writer on Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, a whole bunch of Transformers series oh. and specials. Um, I think that's that's really her main claim to fame. Huh. 
She's also currently writing on the Magic the Gathering series that's oh. in development with Netflix. I think that's an, oh. I want to say that's like an anime style uh, series, if I'm remembering correctly. But I yeah. am assuming that it is sort of in the similar vein to like the Castlevania anime. I think so, yeah. Or quote anime or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to classify it as, know. but you know, like where they where they create sort of a serious story based on a property that's not typically presented as television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very intrigued by that. I, I only played Magic the Gathering for like six months, which was enough time for me to like learn how it worked. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped. So yeah, I played uh, it. That's my entire exposure. <laughs> I played it for a hot second. I enjoyed second. it. Yeah. I played it for a hot second with my friends because they're all still super into it, but yeah. it's too much of a, like a money pit. <laughs> I, I could get into it if I regularly hung out with people who played it, but it's, it that's like the type of property it is for me where it's like, eh, it's so expensive. <laughs> you have to spend so much yeah. money on cards. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. Um, I spent all that money on Pokemon cards, and so I was exhausted by the time I learned magic, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? I spent all my money on Digimon cards, and literally oh, no, one, no one, no one, no one ever played the Digimon card game. Yeah. Um, cool art, though. Yeah. I, I, I preface this with Digimon has a number of victories over Pokemon, but the card game was not one of them. <laughs> nope. Well, it doesn't help that it was the most complicated, unnecessarily complicated card game. Oh, no. In the world. <laughs> I tried playing it once with one of my friends, the only other friend that oh, gosh. Like, would ever play them. And it was just, I mean, when you're like 11, no, sorry, not happening. It was mm. basically like Magic the Gathering level, but like for Digimon oh, no. that game, uh-uh, no, no, not happening. See, that's, see, that's the thing is like Pokemon basically said like, let's take Magic Magic the Gathering and take away anything that could possibly be confusing. <laughs> right, right. Uh. Smart on them. This uh, this episode, I think all of all of the specials actually are directed by Alfred Gamano. He was a director on Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs, Teacher's Pet, oh. the Seven D, which I didn't really recognize, but he did like what most of them. That's one of his big projects, and also the uh, Monster High films. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's been a character designer for a very, very long time. He's He was a character designer on the Smurfs, the Lionhearts, the original My Little Pony, and a whole bunch more. So he's been mm. around for a long time. I can definitely see why he's somebody that would be brought into a project like this based on some of the stuff that he's worked on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like the Monster High film stands out to me and the My Little Pony uh, sort of character designing stands out to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, since this was the first special, lots of characters are introduced. A blessing is that a number of them are characters voiced by people we've already talked about. So we can reference sort of their, you know, where they cross into properties we've already chatted uh mm-hmm. towards um but there are a lot of characters <laughs> basically you know it's basically like the first episode of an avengers style series <laughs> right so obviously the first character that we're going to talk about being introduced is ghost spider herself um also known as spider gwen based on the title of her comic um and actually i think though she was never officially called spider gwen because that would break her secret identity um she didn't really have a separate name so i think most people just sort of know her that way and of course her identity is gwen stacy <laughs> um she's portrayed by dove cameron who is most notably uh, a disney channel and disney live action actor she plays mal the daughter of maleficent in the descendants franchise which is a big disney property i have no familiarity with it but i see at the library like it's very popular yeah and she is the star 
of Disney Channel's Liv and Maddie, wherein I believe she plays both Liv and Maddie. Sure. Okay. I think it's one of those shows. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Maybe cool. twins or sisters or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> one thing that's fun is that she plays a character named Ruby on ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, in which she operates opposite the character of Quake. So she's actually sort of an antagonist to the character Quake, which is a character in this series. Interesting. Yes. Well, <laughs> speaking of, um, uh-huh. <laughs> another character we have introduced is Quake slash Daisy Johnson, who is portrayed by Chloe Bennett, who also portrays Daisy Johnson on <laughs> also on ABC's live action Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, which is pretty cool. I think that's where I think that was mm-hmm. like her first like breakout role was in that show. So it's neat. Yeah. that she's, uh, she's carrying that over in animation, too. Yeah, I, I that's really cool to me that um you know they they have a couple people who they brought in from I I guess larger properties, you know, cuz this one isn't huge yet mm-hmm. um to play characters that they already um play or originated. Yeah, I dig it. It's cool. So a character that I am admittedly not very familiar with and I don't know what their history is in the Marvel universe if much at all mm-hmm. um, is Patriot, who is also known as Ray Sean Lucas, and he's played by Camille McFadden, whose largest role was playing Ernie Cooper on a show called Casey Undercover, which is another Disney Disney Channel show. There's a lot of connections to the Disney Channel and <laughs> Disney original movies on this, sure. which makes plenty of sense. But uh, notably, was the brother of the titular character Casey, portrayed by Zendaya who is MJ in the MCU. Neat. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. There's a connection. I, so like I said, I don't know Patriot's backstory. I think they may have created some characters for this franchise. I don't oh. know if Patriot is one of them. Yeah, I don't know anything about him at all either. <laughs> he, he is the character that gets the most sort of character building details yeah. in these two specials, which makes me think maybe he's very, very new. Possibly, Because yeah. they're not expecting us to be acquainted with him already. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Because he's almost like, he seems sometimes like he's... Because he's sort of like a Captain America protege, so it's mm-hmm. and and you know he's an African American guy, so he's sort of filling like what I feel like is normally like the like the Falcon's role. Um, but I, I think they wanted to skew younger, so yeah. they kind of created this character. Which I mean, not to say that he and the Falcon are the, are the same because they're obviously not. He has sort of a a very different personality. Um, but I feel like they're going in that direction. Well, Patriot is like very very Captain America protege, yeah. like like Falcon ends up being Captain America in the comics at some point, but was Falcon, just purely Falcon, I think, for a long time. Like, right. I don't think he was created to be a Captain America protege. Patriot explicitly is that. Yeah, and that <laughs> seems to be a very, very, like, major part of his characterization, too. Like, mm-hmm. his character, his his, uh, his his good traits and his flaws, too, which uh, which we see. In yeah, that's true. Like, his motivation is to be more like Captain America, and his one of his major character flaws is to be more like Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's really, he's actually, I, I'm actually really kind of fascinated to see what kinds of mm-hmm. things they, they do with him. Cause he's sort of the odd man out in this whole team. It seems like, um, this yeah. team of like very, uh, big personalities and, and, and very like laid back silly people. 
Yes. Speaking of that, speaking of silly people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I knew more about her because I'm instantly in love. Oh my God, dude. She's so fun. Squirrel Girl. So she, I feel like she's kind of gotten a lot more attention in the media in the past few years from people. Yes. Because I definitely see a lot about Squirrel Girl. I've never read a single comic with her in it. Me so neither. I know absolutely nothing about her. But every every time I've ever seen like anybody talking about her or any like just like screen like shots of panels of her or anything like that oh my gosh she seems really fun so i don't know she seems to occupy a space tangential to deadpool and gwenpool where like she's not as fourth wall breaky as them but she i think is very self-referential and sort of this like meta touching character yeah i think yeah which comes out a little bit in this <laughs> in this series or in these specials even just a little bit like I, I i imagine that's sort of baked into who she is <laughs> yeah so squirrel girl also known as doreen green she's portrayed by milana vaintrub she was cast as doreen green in the in development live action new warriors series so she'll be also playing the role in live action apparently um, I don't know Hopefully. anything about the new, I don't know anything about the New Warriors series. Either, so. so it's a series that is in development for network television, which makes me worried Ooh. for its future. Yeah, because of Disney Plus. Yeah, I I know that the Freeform series seemed to have a little bit more footing than obviously like the Netflix one did because right. Disney owns Freeform but not Netflix. So maybe I shouldn't be worried. Yeah, um, because Cloak and Dagger has been successful, and I actually yeah. apparently like they they reprise their roles, like the the actors from that show reprise their roles as Cloak and Dagger on the animated Spider Man show that's on Disney XD. Oh, cool! Which is like in the same style and everything. So I feel like oh, that's they would a good fit sign. really well into this franchise too. Yeah, actually, they would. I wonder if they appear, huh? We'll have to find out eventually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Squirrel Girl um, has a squirrel sidekick uh, named Tippy Toe, who is portrayed by D. Bradley Baker, <laughs> despite saying zero words and only making squirrel noises. <laughs> Which I feel like they could have just gotten squirrel noises from just like a database, but the fact that they brought in an actor just to do these squeaky noises, like, hey, you know what? Good on you. I'm, but I'm here's do it. This is a theme with this franchise, I think. The main characters are sort of either up and coming or people whose success has come from being in properties aimed at younger audiences on the Disney channel or in Disney channel, original movie properties. Mm -hmm. And then smaller minor side characters are played by like these behemoth voice actors. (laughs) Like spoiler alert, Tara strong has like five lines over the course of these two specials. (laughs) And she's freaking Tara strong. Like that's so interesting. (laughs) Um, but I appreciate what they're doing because what they're doing is they're they're being really intentional about casting people who will create and develop the character for the franchise as opposed to just casting your Tara Strong or your John DiMaggio because of their name. True. And, you know, if they're trying to, like, really capture uh, younger audiences for this, too, mm-hmm. like, these are all younger voice actors. These are the people that the viewers will also just follow on Instagram or whatever. Like, right. It make kind of, cause they're already Disney Channel stars anyway. So I get nope. it from, from, a, from a business standpoint, too. But I actually think they're all pretty well cast in this. Like, I, yeah. I, I really, I don't have any issues with any of the voice actors. Yeah, nothing, nothing stood out to me as being cringy. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, here's my girl. (laughs) (laughs) We've mentioned her. Uh, Ms. Marvel is a part of this franchise, Kamala Khan, and she is portrayed by Catherine Kavari, who portrays Kamala Khan in voice in many, many properties. Um, She's the voice of Kamala Khan in Avengers Assemble, the voice of Kamala Khan in the uh, 2017 Spider-Man animated series, and the voice of Kamala Khan in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Wow. I did not check to see if she's going to do the voice for the upcoming Avengers game, but from what I saw, it didn't sound like it was going to be her. Mm -hmm. But she does seem to be in the right place at the right time to sort of be a character in many, 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 many iterations of that character. So yeah. who knows? <laughs> what a lucky what a lucky break to like oh, be at the forefront right? of a new character that's kind of gaining traction mm-hmm. and being like the go-to person of it. Like you can be like she could be the Kevin Con what Kevin Conroy was for Batman and like Mark yeah. Hamill for the Joker. Like she could right. be that for Kamala Khan. Like the quintessential one. And one thing that's really cool about Kamala Khan is that she really is a popular character in the universe. It cracks me up every time someone's like, who? Because to me, you you have you, you have to be willfully ignorant to not recognize her. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to know things about her because you can only read so many comics. But to people who are like, oh, she's a nobody, I'm like, no, you're just, you're pretending. Like, <laughs> there's just no way. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, who else is a nobody? Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Iron mm-hmm. Man, to be honest, wasn't really that mm-hmm. well known in the cultural consciousness for the longest time. So right. it's like, the, the only reason right. that they're not known is because they don't have a lot of exposure. Like, as soon right. as they catch on, they catch on. But one thing that's really cool about her sort of... um you know, catching fire very quickly is that the creative team for her book was successful. Like they were, they are considered a successful team. And so the author of that book was the author of that book for like five straight years. Oh, nice. Something like that. And the art, like the artist, I don't think necessarily was, but there are artists that stayed on for a long time. um, And would, I'm pretty sure I'm not incorrect would come back every once in a while like for certain panels or certain stretches of pages and I, I recall at one point when they switched artists you could kind of tell that the original artist was either mentoring or sort of showing the new artist sort of what the personality of the art was nice and it just it has such a consistent vibe over the course of its uh, initial run I mean it's it's only now that they are finally like okay, here's a new creative team for Kamala Khan <laughs> because we can't keep G. Willow Wilson forever. Like she probably wants to do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, it's really wonderful. But yeah, she's. I, I think that character's created a lot of opportunities for folks like that where, you know, she just, she, she, she resonated really well. And so those people got to stick with her for a very long time, whether it's writers, artists, or voice actors. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's so great. She's so great. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I mean, it's definitely, I've been won over. I will definitely seek out, seek out her comics and read more awesome. for sure. So that's it for like the main, the main, main heroes. Um, just a handful of like supporting characters um, that appear in this and the next special. Uh, Captain Stacy, Gwen's dad. He's portrayed by Steven Weber. He was Norman Osborn in Ultimate Spider-Man and the Beyonder in Avengers Assemble. Um, he also appears on screen uh, in live action in many, many, many television series and movies. Yes, yes. Um, we already mentioned Tara Strong. She plays Mary Jane Watson in this series. Um, like I said, she doesn't have very many lines, but Tara Strong's career is absolutely enormous. 
She also, I guess, was Mary Jane Watson in Ultimate Spider-Man, the animated series, which I did not realize. Interesting. And she is one of those voice actors where she is absolutely in one of your favorite cartoons, and she is almost certainly a favorite character of yours, whether you know it or not. She's Raven in Teen Titans, Twilight Sparkle. Um, She's Harley Quinn and Batgirl in like a bajillion properties. I didn't know until very recently, just looking up her credits, that she is the originator of Ben Tennyson. I did not know oh, that. Oh, I didn't realize that was her. Oh, uh-huh. nice. Okay. Yeah. And fun fact, she's the voice of Sonny the Baby on Netflix's series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, interesting. Who also says no words. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> she's a I co- love credits like that. <laughs> I do too, where it's just like, yeah, anytime like Frank Welker is brought on just to like play a dog growling or uh-huh. something, it's just yeah. like, I love that you, di- you didn't just go to your to to whatever was like whatever you had in your library you literally paid an actor to make those noises for five minutes and then go (laughs) how many frank welker dog noises are there at this point like he i wonder if he like locks that stuff down to say like you can't keep that because then like why would you keep hiring him for dog noises he's done like thousands of dog noises right right (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) yeah so um, we also have a have a Glory slash Gloria Grant uh, in this. Yeah, series. was that unclear to you? Yeah, they went back and forth multiple times. So yes, I think the only time I saw it spelled out it is Gloria, mm. but I am a hundred percent certain that Gwen calls her both Gloria and Glory. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean very very certain. Yeah, I wish they just stuck with one. I mean, I get it. People have like nicknames and stuff like that, right? But but for fictional characters, it gets confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, she's portrayed by Sky Jackson, who was Zuri in Disney Channel's Jesse and Bunked. Yes. Um, I recognized her when I saw her, but I didn't watch any of those shows. Gotcha. So she must be, she must appear other places and just like stuff. I don't know. Sure. This is a weird one. Gray Griffin, a.k.a. Gray Delisle, is credited as the voice of Betty Brant in both of these specials, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think she speaks ever. So I don't know if she was contracted to play that character for, you know, any of the appearances, but then just hasn't actually had a chance to speak. But I I would be remiss not to mention her name simply because it exists there yeah. and she is enormous, yeah. you know, as a voice actor. So Yeah, especially because since she the fact that she already played Betty Brandt in Spectacular Spider Man, like is Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool that they brought her back. I maybe her scenes got cut or something, her lines got cut or something like that. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. She's a pretty minor character, so I guess it. She's. It's funny that Gwen's. I don't know if this is how it is in the Spider Gwen comics, but like her band is made up of like all of these. Yeah. Like like women from Spider Man's universe. Yes. So um, I, I don't know the full makeup of her band, but in the in the comics, um, at least like originally, because I'm not caught up. I think the band that she's drummer for is literally called the MJs. Um, oh, gotcha. And Mary Jane Watson is like the lead in that band. So she's like in her comic, in her in her original universe, um, she's like friends with Mary Jane Watson. That's cool. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. The only other character we get in this is just a brief fla- uh, flashback <laughs> character, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> we know who you are, Kevin. They just couldn't call you Peter Parker. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's who you are, Kevin. Yes. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin doesn't even get a last name, I don't think. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's just Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Carker. <laughs> <laughs> they could have they, they could have played with it. Why couldn't it be like Kevin Palmer? Like <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> uh, 
Either way, he's betrayed by Max uh, Max Middleman, who is Harry Osborn in 2017 Spider-Man animated series. I wish they'd yes. have like gotten like Robbie Damon. I think he's the current uh, Spider-Man just to play him, just just to do it, just yeah. to be like, well, <laughs> we know you know what we're doing, guys. <laughs> yes, and I, I I when I when I was looking it up, I I for whatever reason wrote Robbie Damon's name because I was like, oh, that's cool that he's like the Spider-Man from the current series, and then I'm glad I double checked it because I was like, oh wait, no, he's not like. <laughs> <laughs> so for like a hot three minutes, I thought they did that. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Yes. Okay, guys. I guess they wanted to keep this uh, separate from the universe, like the main universe of their yeah. cartoons that they have, which makes sense. It's still, I don't yeah. want to be too confusing by having a Peter Parker lizard die <laughs> in this cartoon. <laughs> so that would be really complicated too. Um, yes. to explain this very short backstory. So I, I I understand why they did it, and I appreciate like the simplicity of this backstory. Yeah, if you're curious, um, Marvel Rising does have its own universe designation. Um, I don't know if it has an official universe designation, but it is officially its own universe. But it, it very, very, very much resembles 616. I think it's just different enough that it's safe to keep it separate. Yeah, yeah. Like changing things from peter parker to kevin <laughs> yes freaking kevin so that you could maybe have peter parker show up someday <laughs> yeah right they can they can do one of their crossovers later uh-huh yeah. <laughs> well let's get into these yeah let's do it yeah. let's talk about what happens yeah yeah let's do it <laughs> so this first one initiation um opens with captain stacy uh showing recent footage of the wanted criminal ghost spider uh, besting a squad of PDNY officers to Young Shield agents Johnson, aka Quake, and Lucas, aka Patriot, um, we learn that Ghost Spider is currently believed to be behind the death of a boy named Kevin, who was the best friend of Captain Stacy's daughter, Gwen Stacy. So obviously, Gwen Stacy is being blamed in her alter ego for the death of her best friend, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, what a weird position to be in. Mm-hmm. And a very, very Spidey, like spider yeah. person type of situation. Oh, very spider person situation. And you know what? I am just realizing this now. Both Gwen Stacy, like the current iteration of Gwen Stacy, especially, and Miles Morales have law enforcement parents, but they have managed not to tell the exact same story with them, which I appreciate. Yeah. Because they so easily could. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. This Captain Stacy is almost, is like more like her J. Jonah Jameson oh, in a lot of ways. my gosh. I was so bothered by him. He's yeah. so, so jerky. Because it's like J.J. without like any of the lovable charm or like the fact that it's, because it's like with J.J. it's just like you get... You get that's his vibe. Like, he's a loud mouth, yeah. like, yelly, angry guy. Well, like, Captain Spacey's like, I'm very reasonable. I'm a very good police officer, but I hate you for some reason. <laughs> yes, he's not pleasant. I mean, we've <laughs> we've talked about, I think, two different Captain Stacey's because we have the Captain Stacy that we discussed in Spectacular Spider-Man, and then we continue to reference the Amazing Spider-Man series. And we got, like, different Captain Stacy's in those two, but this is, like, a whole different one. <laughs> even further yeah <laughs> this is like a real jerk but yeah. uh but he doesn't get a lot of characterization so i guess i understand why they keep him on one note mm-hmm. 
So Quake right off the bat suspects that Ghost Spider wasn't alone in that standoff with the police because of some sort of like lighting thing. I guess when Ghost Spider jumps out the window, the light turns off or something. It's enough to make her suspicious Mm -hmm. that maybe Ghost Spider either wasn't alone or there's more to the story. And ultimately, Quake and Patriot agree to take the mission to try to find and apprehend Ghost Spider. So that sets off actually a lot of events in both of these specials. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of sets up <laughs> what happens in the special that we're not even talking about, I think, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so the morning after her standoff with the police, Gwen Stacy wakes up uh, in her in a garage. I don't know if it's her garage. It's somebody's garage. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, I guess I should assume it's hers because she's in it. But she but always talks about them. In the next one, she talks about like never going home, and she says it while being in the garage. So I feel like it can't be her. Garage. Is it her grandma's garage? Oh, I don't. Maybe I don't know. It's something. <laughs> it's somebody's garage. Um, it's a garage. <laughs> it's a random garage in the neighborhood that they have band practice in. I guess. Yeah. She wakes up just before band practice. Um, she's of course still in her ghost spider suit. She's like, oh webs. <laughs> Um, I love that. That's her. Like, oh shit, is webs. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's silly, but uh, but I'm, I'm into it. Her bandmates, who are Mary Jane, Gloria, and Betty, arrive right after uh, Gwen gets out of her uh, her her Spidey jammies, and mm-hmm. the band jams. Yeah. After practice, Gloria checks in to see how Gwen is. They they kind of acknowledge that Kevin had died pretty recently and he was her best friend. So it's just like, hey, how are you doing? Um, and Gwen just kind of clams up. She refuses to talk about, or, she, or rather she refuses to talk until the person responsible for Kevin's death is found. Gloria is kind of reiterating what everyone else is saying, that it's like Ghost Spider's responsible. In a pretty contentious exchange. Yeah. I yeah. was surprised. Um, I, I guess... I'm not I'm not surprised uh generally speaking by any of their emotions. I'm just surprised that in the storytelling they had this interaction be so contentious because Gloria gets like pretty upset with Gwen yeah. for not like accepting the story that makes perfect sense from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Um which I could understand if you are seen as somebody sort of like keeping something alive or like not allowing others to have the closure that they deserve or desire because you can't accept the official story. Like she's yeah. she's right. We know that she's right. But I'm just surprised that Gloria gets very upset. <laughs> well, but it's also the fact that like Gwen is kind of harping on like I want to do something about it and to Gloria Gwen's just a regular teenage girl and, she, and it's just like what what are you as just a random teenage girl going to do to stop even if it's like she even says explicitly like even if ghost spider didn't do it someone with superpowers did what are you gonna do like you're being yeah. crazy calm down like i think I, I get where the anger is coming from if it's sort of like out of fear it's caring it's caring and like fear that your friend's going to do something stupid and yes. get herself hurt yeah, a big theme um, for Gwen Stacy in this property is similar to that of the Spider-Verse um, version of, or I guess I should say into the Spider-Verse specifically mm-hmm. version of Gwen Stacy in that like one of her main characteristics is sort of like pushing people away and struggling to allow folks in. Yeah. Um, and this is frustrating to her friends. So Gloria obviously is frustrated with this for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Um, and she even references like, like his Gwen, his Gwen's like, well, my dad's a, my dad's a cop. And, you know, he doesn't stand down when there's, when there's dangerous criminals. Um, and Gloria's like, yeah, what even cops know when to call the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because that's literally how this episode starts <laughs> is the cops calling, uh, not the Avengers, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. Right. They're calling someone superhuman, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, later that night, as uh, as Ghost Spider is swinging through the city, uh, we learn through this flashback, we, we learn about the night before that Ghost Spider wasn't alone during that police standoff. She was trying to pursue Kevin's killer, who was like this mysterious figure with a mohawk and like a glowing spike blades that come out of her hands. Either way, uh, Patriot interrupts Ghost Spider's flashback before we see more, um, and he attempts to arrest her, um, which we get the two clashing, but uh, Ghost Spider is able to, like, trick him and escape him. One thing that's really cool about Patriot is that his shield basically turns into a glider. It's so cool! Akin to, like, a goblin glider. It's so (laughs) cool. I was not, I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea it did that. Yeah, I had no clue. Um, And it's just, it's so funny because basically what you end up with is a spider person battling a glider person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But two totally different characters than we're used to. (laughs) Right, and like totally different context for how it is. Yeah, it's it's really neat. I love that. (laughs) Well, elsewhere that evening, we are introduced to Doreen Green, a.k.a. the unbeatable squirrel girl, Mm -hmm. um, as she is waiting on a bench with her squirrel partner, Tippy Toe, and a box of cupcakes for her friend, Kamala Khan, also known as Miss Marvel. Um, The two are planning some sort of vigilante team-up. I guess they must have recently just learned about each other because they're they're referring to this as, like, their first hero Mm team-up. And they decide to pursue Ghost Spider as their first team-up mission. Uh, Ms. Marvel is, like, very excited about this because she is like, this will be perfect if we go after an ex-vigilante for our first mission. Like, we're gonna be the best heroes ever! (laughs) But uh, but Doreen is less excited. She speculates that Ghost Spider might, like, there might be more to the story. Like, if she was a vigilante, like, maybe she is being framed. Maybe she was a good person at some point. Maybe she's still a good person. She also has this really funny line where she's like, maybe it was always a clone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I love it so much. Mm, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Using your Which brain, is like squirrel girl. the type of stuff that she keeps saying throughout where you're like, mm, you are the character where they get to make self-referential jokes, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like one of her superpowers in a way. Like, not to the extent that it is, like, with Deadpool, where he, like, breaks the reality. Right. But where it's sort of like, she can see the tropes a little bit. So it's sort of like, <laughs> yes. it's okay to trust, like, more than likely, this yeah. isn't the story. Like, more than likely, the story is something different than what we're being told, just because we're in a superhero, like, cartoon right now. Yeah, she has Scream movie universe powers. Yes, yes, yes. That's pretty much what she she's like, I know how the rules are supposed to work. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. It's not like crazy meta to like to a crazy extent. It's like yeah. just enough to be able to like fend for yourself more than the normal character would. Yeah, and I love these two together because they they get to be self-referential. They get to nerd out and fangirl and be silly and goofy together because they're both you know, teenagers who are like super psyched to be superheroes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. They so, they like they're so excited about it, and they're still too like they're they're still it's still different ways that they both both kind of approach it and everything. Yeah, like, Squirrel Girl is a lot more like spastic and and like self referential, whereas like Miss Marvel is still like more subdued about it and actually kind of seems to be taking it a little more seriously. But they're both like, but then like they just cross over with their silliness. Yeah. <laughs> and well, in this. In this franchise, it seems like they are having, you know, it seems like the balance is that Squirrel Girl is sillier but more experienced, and Ms. Marvel is more serious but has far less experience being a superhero. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. That makes sense. 
and I and it makes sense because I think I think aside from Gwen Stacy not as Spider Woman um, or Ghost Spider rather, I think that Squirrel Girl is the longest or the most uh, historied character in this franchise, right? Gotcha. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I, doubt that. I don't think she's super new. I think she's like a product of the eighties or something okay. or the seventies. I think, and I think I think Quake is is an older character too. But oh, that's right. Yeah, I think she's been around for a while. But like, but she's presented as like the more experienced person so it yeah. makes sense but yeah i think i think you're right i think other than her squirrel girl is kind of the 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 most long-standing one that's that's really yeah. interesting i didn't really think about that but yeah it kind of plays 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 like that yeah and she has moments here and there especially in the second special we'll talk about um where it's like oh you you really know what you're doing like you're not <laughs> you're not silly because you're dumb like you're silly because you're fun <laughs> right well, before they can really make a plan or even get into their super suits, coincidence, Ghost Spider falls from right above them, <laughs> <laughs> knocking the cupcakes out of their hands, but saving them um, and basically being like, oh, hey, sorry about that. Like, uh, peace out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Apparently, spider people are very weak to <laughs> squirrels. And this is going to be my favorite running gag if they keep doing this because it's, it appears in both of these specials yeah. and I hope it keeps happening where from the get-go, there is a very contentious relationship between Ghost Spider and Tippy Toe the Squirrel <laughs> because of this interaction. <laughs> Does Squirrel Girl have just like the – well, yeah. she I guess is Tippy Toe – She is like, Aquaman for squirrels. Okay. Is, is, <laughs> is, uh, is Tippy Toe like an especially – intelligent squirrel or is it just like the way her powers manifest she just has like an extra connection to this when he's a regular squirrel otherwise I wonder. that i'm not sure of i just my my understanding of her squirrel powers mostly come from lego video games gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um by the way if you are playing uh lego marvel superheroes uh squirrel girl is one of the single most powerful characters in that game okay. and you should you should get her <laughs> I need to. I want to play. I want to play more Lego games. They're, they're yes. so fun. Uh, the Marvel ones are very fun, but I'm just letting you know, like there ain't no boss you can't beat with her. They are very literal <laughs> when they say unbeatable Squirrel Girl. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know if she has like a specific sidekick squirrel all the time, and that is Tippy Toe, um, or if you know she has the same connection with all squirrels, and that one just likes her the most. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not really sure. In any case, uh, he's there and he is, he's beating Ghost Spider <laughs> pretty much <laughs> just by himself. <laughs> and it's hilarious. She's like trying to thwip away. She's trying to shoot her web. And every time she connects a web to a nearby building, Tippy Toe climbs it like a, like a telephone cord and just snaps it. So it's just like her consistently trying to swing away and then like falling on the ground. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because like she could just run. Like you, she yeah. can run, but she does she can run do away. That. It's perfect, though, because she's just stubborn enough that I'm like, you would keep trying. Like, you would be so mad that the squirrel is 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 getting the best of you. Right. Um, and they do this really phenomenal shot where where uh, Doreen and, and Kamala are, like, in the foreground, like, discussing whether or not it's time to eat cupcakes. And in the background, like, Ghost Spider is just falling and, like, frustrated about this squirrel, like, trying over and over and over again. It's, it's so funny. It's really good. It cracks me up. Yeah. I, I love those two so much. <laughs> this, these specials are I, – I dig the comedy. They really nail the comedy. Yeah. Like, they're going for. They do a really good job. It's very – I mean, all of them are very, are very silly and very lighthearted. Like, even with, like, you know, the murder and stuff that's happening. Like it's still, it's all super, 
super light and just like a real breeze to watch. Yeah. And definitely like, I, this is one of those things that you could like watch when you're in a bad mood and, and it kind of yeah. improves it. So I laughed a lot. Yeah. Like I genuinely was laughing watching these. It's really so, funny. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So while it's happening, Marvel, Squirrel Girl, and Tippy Toe, once they've kind of subdued Ghost Spider, you know, because she just cannot flip away at all. Um, <laughs> and can't think of any other plans. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, well, that's literally the only way I can move. Um, yeah, it's, all, it's all I got, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so the trio introduced themselves as, this is so fun, as the uh, the BFHFs, which is Best Friend Heroes Forever. <laughs> Which is, oh my gosh, if you love that, you will love Ms. Marvel so much. It's so on brand. And I, from everything I can gather, like I should be reading Squirrel Girl for the same reason. It's just, it's so wonderful. They're such dorks. They're (laughs) such dorks. And they're so proud of their dorkiness. Right? Like, which uh, I'm so glad kids get to see. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's so like, it's so true to how to to kids now like there's so many people that are exactly like this like i don't get it unabashedly fans of the things they're fans of yeah and they're not written they're not written in the annoying like adults trying to write like teens way right like they're actually feel they feel very authentic to who they probably would be right yeah oh they're they're good yeah i also like that tippy toe gets his own like introduction among them (laughs) like equal billing (laughs) with the rest of them well he he is one of the best friend heroes forever so you know of course he is is. (laughs) so uh miss marvel insists that if ghost spider is innocent then you know she should just turn herself in and improve it but ghost spider is very stubborn as we've seen and she refuses um so the trio kind of attempt to take her on but ghost spider like this time uh without tippy toe just like biting all of her webs um she's actually able to like web up all of them yeah squirrel girl comes up with the (laughs) genius plan to Uh. to fight anime style uh which is (laughs) which miss marvel's like you mean just like with like big weapons and stuff like that she's like no we have to call out all of our moves so we so we all know exactly what we're doing Because they're all team up moves, every yeah. single one of them. Yes, it's so good. It's actually smart because, like, I get the I get the strategy that she's going for. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like there's no gray area. We all always know exactly what we're doing if we're calling right. out every move that we're making. Right, and our our opponent isn't going to know what any of these words mean. <laughs> right, it's actually very <laughs> smart. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like, basically, Ms. Marvel's main power. Um, like her, her main power is, is very similar to like a Mr. Fantastic mm-hmm. or a plastic man. She can stretch, she can become bigger, she can become smaller. Um, she has other powers too, but that's sort of her, her bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> at one point she makes her, her leg huge so she can like kick squirrel girl sort of cannonball style at ghost spider. There's a point where she uses her body as a slingshot to slingshot squirrel girl at, at uh, ghost spider. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It cracks me up. Does uh does Kamala say in Biggin in the comics like is that yes it's like her 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 phrase uh not really a phrase but like yeah it's it's the closest she has to like a catchphrase it's a very cromulent word yeah I know and it you know like luckily I love Ms Marvel because I hate the word in Biggin. <laughs> So she's like softened me on the word embiggen a little bit. I only I would have I I the fact that it's like used outside like. Uh, it started as a Simpsons joke, and, and uh-huh. it's just like the fact that it's like uh-huh. a real word now. Is, I love the word cromulent, though. I think that's a beautiful word. But yeah, in I'm Big fine End, with I the word like cromulent. 
Huh? Embiggen, I'm fine with the word cromulent. Embiggen is just so unnecessary. Yeah. And it, I, I had a, I had an English professor, a language professor, who used it all the time, which is the most on-brand uh, thing ever. Yeah. Um, and she said it constantly, yeah. and it drove me nuts. I like using it. Like, I feel like she's using it. Kamala's using it kind of ironically a little bit. Like, I feel like she's using it as a reference. Like, I don't. She. I don't feel like that's just like a word that she's using because that's what she needs it like i feel like she's she's doing it because she thinks superheroes are the coolest people in the world and so like if she if she's a superhero she has a costume she has an identity she has an alter ego she has words and phrases she like has names for her mood like that's it's all perfectly in the spirit of being like a total dork for superheroes you know what i mean makes sense so it, it's it's sort of like her she's like a video gamer too so it's like her version of like screaming falcon punch every time you punch somebody in smash brothers gotcha. you know what i mean like i think that's kind of where it where it comes from yeah but she probably knows the simpsons yeah. it's probably where she got it from yeah i just want to think she's a classic <laughs> simpsons nerd which oh i'm, I'm would sure make she me like her more <laughs> i bet she's watched the whole back catalog nice, <laughs> nice. so so this this anime style uh plan works beautifully um, oh yeah, Miss <laughs> Marvel and Squirrel Girl are able to gain the advantage um, when Miss Marvel turns a number of caught web balls into a large, <laughs> like weirdly, yeah, it's like weirdly explosive, like web ball. Either they way, really firmly established that Ghost Spider is stubborn as hell <laughs> because she keeps doing things that backfire against her. Yeah, yeah. Like it's very obvious that Ms. Marvel is going to catch every single one of those web balls. <laughs> Does it anyway? <laughs> Does it anyway? Good job, Gwen. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that subduer. They pin Ghost Spider, uh, but they do decide to listen to her story. Yes, and so Ghost Spider explains that she's not the one who killed Kevin. She wouldn't because Kevin was her best friend. Um, she explains that Kevin knew about her spider powers. He was the only one who knew about her spider powers. And that he also became an Iceman-like inhuman from the Terrigen Mist. Very similar to Kamala Khan. Mm. Question for you. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Terrigen Mist event? I know the concept of it. I don't know. Okay. Like, any, I, don't, like, I don't know what made the Terrigen Mist happen, but I know that it was a thing that happened that like made the inhuman latent powers like manifest when when it happened okay okay cool yeah it's basically if 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 that doesn't mean anything to folks listening to this if you ever watch like static shock the terrigen mist is sort of like the big bang in that series um and what it resulted in was marvel being able to create a bunch of inhumans like kind of like a massive second wave of inhumans because the inhumans were sort of like written as like a very limited species. Um, and so they needed an inciting incident to create more sort of superpowered heroes, especially when they were not really doing a lot with the mutants at the time. <laughs> it's like, wow, we need like random people who get random, who get like random powers because of like a genetic mutation. Too bad we don't have any of those characters mm-hmm. since their movies with Fox aren't doing very well. Yeah. Yeah, K- uh, Kamala Khan 100% mm. would have been a, a mutant introduced 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, if she were introduced 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I guess at this point, like 25 years ago. Jeez. Oh, oh, God. That's so... Uh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, but in any case, <laughs> Kevin was basically an ice man. Um, and I guess Ghost Spider and, and Kevin, whose who's superhero name we never get. So literally just Ghost Spider and Kevin. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> God. We're going like to. <laughs> of all the names, like Kevin. You know, I'm glad they picked Kevin, though, because it, it, it lends itself to all of the most ridiculous uh, scenarios like Ghost Spider and Kevin, the dynamic duo, <laughs> who intend to fight crime but never get to do that because on their very first scheduled night of crime fighting together, Kevin doesn't show up. And so Ghost Spider, this is the most 2019 thing ever, tracks his phone, <laughs> which I guess is just going to be a thing in this this series because it's, it's the first of many. Yeah instances of things like that but tracks his phone and discovers that he's been killed by this mohawked inhuman that we saw earlier um, in the episode um, in that fight with this mohawked inhuman that killed kevin uh ghost spider sustained a small cut that she says drained her energy or drained the life out of her i think is what she says and as a result the inhuman escaped um so that's kind of what she's explaining to to kamala and um doreen um, and they're sort of like not sure whether or not to believe it. Um, she says that the the reason she was framed is because she couldn't get away, but the Inhuman did. So she just happened to be the only one left on the scene, which I could see them being suspicious of. I get it. Mm-hmm. But luckily she's talking to Squirrel Girl and Ms. Marvel because <laughs> she's got a friendship bracelet, and that is all those two need to see. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I can prove to you Kevin was my best friend. Here's the friendship bracelet. <laughs> Which she's embarrassed to show them, by the way, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I know. I love it. Because it is mean, it's just like, yeah. Squirrel Girl is just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, immediately. It's yeah. just like, why? why? <laughs> like, there's no other explanation for that. Like, The only explanation is the two people she's showing it to. It would have right. it would have worked on literally no one else. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, man. Like, this, this is, it's a very, this is, it's a very funny. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. So the best, uh, uh, the best friend heroes forever are, you know, they offer to help because, you know, they're heroes, but Ghost Spider rejects them or rejects their help rather. Like they're on good terms, but she's figuring uh, this, and this makes a lot of sense. If the cops yeah. are after her, anyone who's helping her is also going to become a target and like they're heroes so they can continue to fight crime so um she also like i i do like where she's just like but you know you could still leave a couple of muggers for me i like that this this version of gwen is like not a reluctant hero at all like all of these characters are so excited to be heroes yeah yeah for sure but just then tippy toe alerts ghost spider to patriot's presence who is still after her so those two begin to engage in a very classic uh web slinger versus air glider battle like we mentioned before a whole bunch of stuff happens but basically ghost spider kind of quickly uh, grounds patriot who does not believe her story i think they even uh, imply that he kind of overheard a lot of this because he kind of mentions that he's not as gullible as squirrel girl and and, uh, miss marvel are Mm -hmm. and he's not buying it Um, but before they can reach a conclusion quake shows up and just like quake uh blasts ghost spider from behind the back and that just like immediately subdues her (laughs) <laughs> but the way that Quake described it, she was, like, shocked it didn't kill her, which means was Quake, like, planning to just kill Ghost Spider? Yeah, or was she, like, dude. really trusting that Ghost Spider, like, had some super strength and endurance? This is, like, this is like the equivalent to, like, Spectacular Spider-Man, like, pouring concrete on his buildings and dropping <laughs> an entire theater yeah. on a regular human without superpowers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Come on, Quake. <laughs> One second more of thought. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, Goodness. Oopsie dead. Whoopsie. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> hope this doesn't kill you. Glad it didn't kill you. <laughs> uh, but either way, uh, Ghost Spider is subdued. Uh, Quake cuffs her. Ghost Spider mentions like the Mohawked human while while Quake and Patriot are are taking Ghost Spider in, um, and Quake like kind of shows some doubt uh, at the mention. Um, they, yeah, kind of like perks up about it. Like, yeah. hey, what'd you say there? Yeah, hmm, that sounds interesting. Hmm. So Quake and Patriot do end up delivering Ghost Spider to Captain and stacy and this is this is really kind of like the only like funny stuff we get from ghost spider in this episode really <laughs> like yeah. um because they pull up to the police station and, and captain stacy's waiting and she like totally turns into like an embarrassed and scared teenage girl where it's like <laughs> no that's my dad like you you no no you can't take me to him i think she even like slinks down in the car like trying not to be seen which is funny because she's wearing a mask like he doesn't know who she is <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, she obviously doesn't want to be taken into custody by her own dad. She knows that he's going to want to unmask her. And that is exactly what he wants to do. Before he can do that, though, her cuffs malfunction mm. and she escapes. Mm. Later, she ends up finding Daisy Johnson out of her superhero costume, um, just walking around and basically says, like, why did you let me go? Like, why did you let me escape? And Daisy is sort of coy about it. Um, and says like, well, actually the cuffs malfunctioned. It technically had nothing to do with me. I didn't let you go, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of weird. But she she keeps that up. Like she continues to to do that throughout mm. these two specials, where it's like, I helped you, but I didn't. Officially, I definitely didn't. But maybe I didn't at all. But maybe I did. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> In any case. She uh, she does figure out, like, I know who you are. I'm figuring that you are probably Captain Stacy's daughter because you acted like a super weirdo <laughs> when you realized he was there. <laughs> Which Gwen really falls for it. Like, she had a suspicion that you were like captain stacy's daughter and then ghost spider immediately like rips off her mask and was like how'd you know i know like, <laughs> like what oh are you God, doing girl what are you doing <laughs> just pretend <laughs> in any case the nice thing about this is she basically gains an ally in daisy johnson and so daisy johnson gives her information about the mohawked inhuman but says you know if you're going to pursue her you have to continue like this exchange and you have to give me information on her and the people that she's working with like that's that's the deal I give you this, you report back. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where the episode ends. It's like, now you've got your info. Get on with it, girl. And she, there's a little implication that she thinks that there's something bigger going on that they're involved with, which we right. don't really get into. That, that I think that's that's just the, the only lead-in that we have to the Secret Warriors movie that's, like, in between these two specials that really otherwise has, like, no, no impact on them at all. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, yeah, this is our, our introduction to the Marvel Rising uh, universe. Yeah, and I was really worried that uh, the next episode we were watching wasn't going to pick up after this. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew we weren't watching episodes in sequence. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very glad that they picked it up. Yeah, this one left off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really like there's I think from my understanding there's like literally no mention of like Ghost Spider stuff uh-huh. in Secret Warriors at all. I almost texted you and was like, uh, am I going to get a conclusion to this? Like, am I going to know what happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting how they how they have, have set all of this up. Yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, faces of this episode. It's so just many. Squirrel Girl. It's just Squirrel, squirrel Girl. 
all Squirrel Girl. <laughs> there are so many good Squirrel Girl faces. There's Squirrel Girl faces where she's narrating what's happening in the episode to the other people in the episode. <laughs> There's Squirrel Girl war crying with Tippy Toe and uh, Ms. Marvel, who has some like real Jameson energy going on. And there's, you know, anime-style fighting Squirrel Girl. There's just so much to be mined out of Squirrel Girl's face uh, in this section of our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, oh man, Squirrel Girl's so fun in this. It's funny, too, because I don't don't really love the animation of these. I think this is just how how all of them are. I like like the designs. No, I like the designs. Oh, okay. I like the designs fine. I don't, but I think sometimes... There's a weird. I, it seems like they're just doing it on. I think it's just a budget issue, honestly, because yeah. it just seems like there's a lot of like low frame rate. I guess is is what it is, or like there's there's very few like frames in between sometimes, in ways that kind of bum me out. I do wonder if they. So obviously the design has some of like some anime inspired cues. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of the reason for doing that is that anime just pure anime runs at a lower frame rate so they figure well if we make it sort of you know inspired by anime style animation then we also can get away with sort of doing a lower frame rate which is good for budget restraints yeah i hope that's all it is and that they're not just sort of like eh, you know we don't have to go hard on this (laughs) yeah it's hard to say because i think it's it's a lot of the same it's the same style that they are doing with all of their disney xd animated shows i think okay at least what i've seen and i've seen a lot of people like complain about them like that they hate the animation and art styles and stuff on them and i don't i don't feel like they're that bad hmm, those are two very different things for me because i love the art style like this is this is an animation style or not animation style a design like character design style that i really really like sure it's it's uh i i like the the sort of it sounds terrible like saying it this way but the sort of westernized anime influenced yeah character design i think it it tends to lend very well to different types of of designs and i, I like i uh, i just find like faces that are designed in that style very pleasant to look at like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very calming <laughs> yeah, yeah usually no, usually has that. very good eyes in that style Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that is that's very different than the animation because the animation frame rate isn't you know reliant on the character designs. Yeah, and it's not very especially after watching like Spectacular Spider Man, which is like the fluidest of the fluid. Like, yeah, animation is not fluid at all. <laughs> and, but they still do some really cool things, and they have like like the faces that you got of Squirrel Girl are really <laughs> really cool drawings that they do. So yeah. I think you know if it, if it's a budget thing or whatever, like. I think they're working within it as best they can. And I really appreciate that they're willing to kind of like stretch their, uh, like they're, they're, they're not like, they're not being like beholden to, to the designs or whatever. Like they're, they are going as crazy as they want to be in any given moment yeah. with how these designs are and like as cartoony as they want to be, which works for like the kind of uh, tone that they're going for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, budget constrained animation could be so much worse than this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that they are choosing to do it this way and not in worse ways. Uh. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> it's not, it's not flash animation it's not like the puppety like bojack horseman style which i love that show but like the animation isn't one of its strong suits like right (laughs) and it's not like amazing friends either so right yeah right and it's you know it's it's uh 
I know it's not the more successful between um, this and DC Superhero Girls, but sorry, my niece. Uh, the <laughs> animation and character design for DC Superhero Girls is like among my least favorite. <laughs> do they do? Don't they do a lot? They do a lot of flash animation for their yeah, stuff. Don't they? Yeah, yeah, and their designs it. are very sort of cookie cuttery, and um, you know, if you if you took everybody's hair off, they'd kind of look the same. Yeah, I'm not into that. For this, they yeah. definitely are make a big strides for having their character designs all very unique and yes. stand out. Um, like we talked about before, yeah. Um, you definitely, it definitely comes through, and it comes through even more like like when they're talking about people's body types and things mm-hmm. in this next episode when we're introduced to even more characters on yeah. the screen that are all wildly different, which I love. Yes, yeah. Well, let's get into it because it, it it does actually. I mean, it doesn't pick up like the next minute from this past one, but the 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 ghost spider story does pick up pretty much where we left off mm-hmm. in this next one. Yes. So this uh, is the third special Marvel Rising Chasing Ghosts. The synopsis per IMDb is, in Marvel Rising Chasing Ghosts, follows fan favorite Ghost Spider teaming up with the secret warriors to bring down the villains Sheath and Exile for good. Can team leader Quake convince Ghost Spider to join the team for good? <laughs> kind of, that wasn't a very well-written one, but okay. <laughs> but you know what's funny is there's like there's story developments in there that we just didn't get because we didn't watch the Secret Warriors one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, oh, Team Leader Quake. Okay, cool. Like these <laughs> villains have names. Dope. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this one was originally made available on January 16th, 2019. So a few months after uh, that first one. So it sounds like they're probably – release these first few couple months apart each yeah i i forget when secret warriors came out but yeah they're not they're not coming out like super regularly they just come out every every couple of months i think yeah and then it was uh written by and directed by the same folks so uh marguerite scott and alfred gameno yes and we do meet some new characters so well this one we kind of saw her in the flashback but we didn't really really uh, hear her voice or get to know her or anything like that. But um, the Mohawked Inhuman from Gwen's flashback, we learned that she is Sheath. She is portrayed by Amanda Celine Miller. Um, now, she is a, a voice actor in lots and lots and lots of anime dubs. Um, for example, she's Baruto in the Naruto franchise series and movies, and Sailor Jupiter in Sailor Moon Crystal, and uh, a few of the Sailor Moon movie dubs, among other things. Exile is a character that's introduced in this one that we saw nothing of in the first one. Um, Exile is also called Victor Cole, um, and he is portrayed by Boo Boo Stewart, whose name I knew but couldn't have told you what he was in. Um, I see Boo Boo Stewart come up in fan castings all the time. Interesting. And I don't know why other than I, I think, I think that Boo Boo Stewart might be a Native American actor, so I think think that he comes up frequently when people are fan casting Native American characters in a respectful way mm-hmm. like for you know because Native American characters are frequently not cast um, correctly <laughs> so that's my only really theory as to why I see him come up a lot but uh, I had no idea what he was in um, so let me tell you he portrays on screen the mutant warpath in X-Men Days of Future Past I don't know which mutant that is <laughs> I guess he was one of the future guys who died quickly, I think. But I I can't picture who that would have been. Uh, Well, I can tell you that he also played one of the werewolves in Twilight. So that gives you an idea of what he looks like. Okay. That helps, actually. (laughs) Um, Because they all kind of look similar. (laughs) 
I can't think of what his power was, but I feel like I can see him in my head, like alongside like uh, like Bishop and and the uh, the Blink or whoever. Like those mutants that were just kind of thrown in for the future, the cool future yeah. battles. I think I remember him vaguely, but he must not have lasted very long yeah. in that movie. I have I have no idea what he did, but uh, but yeah, he's he's also um, one of the Disney descendants. Uh, characters. He plays Jay, the son of Jafar, um, in the Descendants franchise, alongside Dove Cameron. So nice. it's a nice little connection there. Nice, nice. Another character is one that it sounds like you were familiar with, but I, I was not familiar with yeah. at all. America Chavez, also known as Miss America Chavez, portrayed by Sierra Ramirez. Um, she is Marianne Adams Foster on the Freeform series, The Fosters, and its spinoff series, Good Trouble. I didn't know they got a spinoff. That's cool. Good for them. Yeah, I didn't know that either, except that she plays a character with the exact same name, so I'm just going to assume that that must be a spinoff, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, so America Chavez, she doesn't get a lot of development or feature in this special, so I'm curious to know what you gleaned at all about America Chavez. <laughs> I, uh, I think she had like exactly one line, maybe uh-huh. two. I, I couldn't tell you anything about her, honestly. I, maybe she has super <laughs> strength, I think. I couldn't. That's really about it. Yeah. I, could not, so, I, I couldn't tell you anything. So take Superman's power set and strip away, like, the um, heat vision and ice breath and then add, like, dimension hopping. And that's America Chavez. Whoa. Okay. That so, last one was uh, an interesting <laughs> throw in, but okay. Cool. Yeah. So she, she can fly. She's super strong, super endurance, super speed, all that sort of like super strengthy type stuff Mm -hmm. but then she is um she's from another dimension and she learns of her ability to literally punch into other dimensions like the way that she travels dimensions is by punching through dimensional barriers cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) she is a cool character she has not been given very great treatment in a lot of what I've read. Huh. So I've read the, the mini series that she originated in, which was a mini series that was created literally because Marvel got its hands on some really cool artwork that they wanted to make into covers oh. and said like, Hey, we got these really cool pieces of art that we want to have covers. Does someone want to write like a limited series so that we could put these on covers huh. that had nothing to do with the story, which is not a great series yeah. to have a character introduced in. Yeah. So she became really popular from that, probably because she was one of the few intriguing or interesting things about that series. Mm-hmm. And then she did have a solo title, but I didn't love it. Um, I thought it was a little confusing. I think it was plagued a bit by changes in artists along the way. And it only lasted Ooh. like 10 or 12 issues, which can be really sort of detrimental. Yeah. I think her best material as I understand it from other people is when she's on teams. So she tends to get really good characterization and stories when she's on like the West coast Avengers or the teen, whatever hero, whatever younger hero teams they put her on, I guess is where writers have gotten her correct. Okay. So I, I still need to do more. She's, she has so much potential to be such a cool character, but I just don't know that Marvel has found the right person to just, dig in and say like this is who america chavez needs to be in this universe well it's neat that they 
threw her into this even <laughs> with not having a ton of uh yeah of, of source material for her so maybe this will it may be sh- if if marvel rising ultimately takes off more than it has maybe this will spark giving her like another living yeah or something like that well and she's 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 a queer character so like oh i didn't know that I, cool. yeah i would like to, and well i don't think we're ever going to get that in the marvel rising franchise sure. i would like to be wrong but it's like another reason i would really like for her for her character to get a solo series that's nice. done really really well some of that was done well in her solo series she has like a very interesting relationship with kate bishop hawkeye interesting yeah but i just i i'm not sure that they know what to do with her she's super powerful like she is she is somebody who when she is focused Mm -hmm. (laughs) and calm and not angry because she has a little bit of that going on Mm -hmm. she's like capable of damaging captain marvel interesting but i think she doesn't frequently reach those levels so it's just i'm not sure that they've figured her out yet (laughs) yeah i wonder if they'll like include a version of her in the hawkeye like disney plus show since that's supposed to god i hope so i really hope so because that would be such a good smart way to get her character into something that people huge air quotes here respect (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like people like when you make it into the mcu people are like oh okay yeah yeah no, definitely. No, it's it's more people are going to be watching that than that are watching this. Is is just yeah. how that's just how it works. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. Another team member that we have that also doesn't really get a whole lot of development and maybe like four lines. Yeah. In this, at least, I'm sure he gets more in in the other specials. But, I hope so. <clears throat> um, this is Inferno, uh, also known as Dante um, Pertuz. I I don't know this character, so yeah, I have no I idea. <laughs> I've never I've never heard of him before. I don't know if he was created for this or if he existed before, but I have no I, idea. Yeah. Either way, he's 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 played by a pretty um pretty recognizable actor Tyler Posey, um, most well known as Scott McCall, the main character in MTV's Teen Wolf series. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him pop up in tons of other stuff too. So he's a he's a recognizable guy. Yeah, I don't I just don't know anything about Inferno at all. And all I really gleaned from this episode is that he is a stereotypical pyromancer. Like, yeah. <laughs> he seemed a little temperamental. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, wow. So hopefully there's more to him than that. <laughs> yep. I, it's funny though because when I was watching this and I was getting that vibe, I was like, we really need to write the pyromancer that like is like really <laughs> timid and chill and like has the most calm temper ever. <laughs> he just he uses his pyro powers just to like light a joint and just like chill out. Like, <laughs> oh wait, you know who that is? Is Uncle Iroh from Avatar: The Last Airbender? <laughs> Have you seen that? Did you watch that series? I, I watched a little bit of it, but yes, I totally feel that. I would, yeah, actually. That's, okay. We do have that character. All right. Yeah. But like the one, that one out of every hothead firepower person that exists. True. Like, or, or they could have like thrown in Firestar if they wanted to. Another. Oh, team. Other can you imagine? <laughs> oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah. I don't know what her place is right now within Marvel. I have no idea. Because she was with New Mutants for a long time, I think, wasn't that team? But if mutant, like, no mutant thing exists anymore. Oh, that's so, right. She's a mutant. Yeah. And she's so not Wolverine, so. So, bye, Firestar. You're not yeah. in anything, probably. Sorry, Firestar. <laughs> 
And then one, a voice actor worth noting, even though the characters aren't super notable. <laughs> I don't know. One of them is probably my favorite character in all of this. I mean, I already agree with the person <laughs> you're talking about. Um, because this actor, Roger Craig Smith, voices two characters. Um, one of them is a total babe, and the other is Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Roger Craig Smith voices Captain America in this series. Um, he's he's voiced Captain America in a lot of series, including Avengers Assemble alongside Katherine Kavari. Coincidentally, also played a character named Ghost Spider in the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series. Interesting. But most importantly, voices Doreen's dad, mm. who is a whole meal. Oh, boy. He's your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> in every sense of the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh yeah. I saw that s- the scene and I'm just like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> yep. Yep. I hope there is maybe an episode just all about Doreen and her dad. <laughs> yes. Oh please. My favorite. Oh please. <laughs> so, yeah, couple couple new characters. Unfortunately, most of the characters introduced in this episode do not speak a whole lot. Yeah, I guess technically most of most of them were introduced in the special that we're not talking about. So I'm just going to assume that they get lots of backstory there. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, this special opens back with Ghost Spider again, and she's gliding using her web wing thing. So much gliding. I know, right? She's gliding through the city in pursuit of Sheath, who is attempting to escape on a motorcycle. But of course, Ghost Spider's dad, Captain Stacy, attempts to call her. And we see on her phone that it's just like call after call from him. And she again is going to like decline the call. Apparently she's been declining like every single call from her father, Mm -hmm. um, which is not a good thing, Gwen. Don't do that. You're like in high school. (laughs) I know, right? Like, he's probably terrified right now, Uh but cool. Good job, Gwen. Give your dad a heart attack. She, uh, either way, this distracts her, so she crashes into a vegan donut shop, which I think was known as Excelsior Donuts. Oh, I didn't even catch that. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course it was. (laughs) Right. I feel like if Stan Lee was, like, still alive at the time that we're making this, that probably would have been him playing the character. Oh, yeah. Because he's even kind of drawn not that... Um, like I could have seen that being a Stan Lee like d- character design that they quickly yeah. like tweaked or something later on. For sure. Either way, she crashes there. Um, but she does. Uh, she's still able to find Sheath in a warehouse uh, after that. But of course, they're not alone. Exile appears, who is a character that uh, apparently appeared in Secret Warriors. He has some teleporting ability. So he appears to support Sheath, but the now-dubbed Secret Warriors arrive just in time, attempting to apprehend Exile, who they've been chasing. Um, Exile and Sheath are dumb names. Uh, yeah. By I wonder the way. If, are they from, I mean, I met, they may be, they're from the comics. Either, it doesn't matter. They're, it's dumb names either way. I have no, it's so hard with Inhumans. It's so difficult. There's so many Inhumans and most care. of them have terrible names. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. I don't care about. And like 25% of, of Inhumans are literally just Firestar. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never cared i like lockjaw i've read some inhuman stuff and there's so much potential there but it's just like there's no there's so little place for them and they're trying so hard to give them a place and like aside from ms marvel and lockjaw like i just don't care (laughs) yeah uh and i feel bad because i know that that's like a a really popular thing to rail against marvel for Mm -hmm. but 
gosh, it's so true so frequently. Yeah. <laughs> One day. Yeah, maybe they'll 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 figure it out. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, I, I mean, I want them to succeed, so I hope they do figure it out. I want I I I would like to know what the appeal is to people that are fans of them because they're longstanding care. A lot of them are longstanding characters that have been around forever. So have like a fan base. I just don't really understand what the appeal, even of like Black yeah. Bolt and Medusa and stuff. I just like, I don't know anything I've ever seen of them. I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> From what I read, because so I read about a, like I read the Black Bolt solo series and I read a year's worth of Inhumans stuff that coincided with the Black Bolt solo series. Uh-huh. Um, so Black Bolt wasn't actually in the, <laughs> the Inhumans at the time. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, right. What I appreciated about it was that it was an absolutely fucking bonkers family, but the characters themselves individually just aren't that interesting. Like huh. Black Bolt is the leader of a team who cannot speak. Like he 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 never talks. Hmm. Like because his voice will destroy things. Yeah. So like yeah. you've built a character who can't ever talk, which is fine because there are people who can't talk except that like they don't really figure out a good way to do it if there's not somebody literally there being like, "Oh, are you trying to say this?" <laughs> like, it's just, why can't he just it gets, like? It gets does he really never awkward. just use sign language and then they just have like captions for that? Like, I don't. <laughs> not from what I've read. Like that's... that would make the most sense, right? There are people who don't Ooh. speak and they still communicate. Yeah, that seems like a real. It almost seems a little problematic to me, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a frustrating character to present to people and then to not acknowledge the actual like mode of communication people use when they don't speak makes it even more frustrating. Yeah. I'm not down with that. Look, if you're a big inhuman stand, I'm, I'm actually us out. fascinated by like, where are there good comics that exist? Like, was they ever presented well? Or is it always just like standing the underdog? I don't know. I, <laughs> I will say like, I'm not a big shipper, but like there were characters that I was like, are you going to fuck already? Like, so there's that. <laughs> Like, <laughs> there's some of that in there, I guess. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, anyway. It's fun. <laughs> That's our Inhumans portion. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, so the Secret Warriors team, it's made up of a Quake and Patriot, joined by Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, America Chavez, Inferno, and the Inhuman Lockjaw. Are all, like, they're all on the same team, which is such a, it's such a fascinating, like, weird assortment of characters. Yes. But I, I dig it, and I think they're used really well. I think it's a good assortment of personalities, or at least of the personalities that we've seen come through. It seems like a good assortment of personalities where I could sort of definitely see if this were to like continue or become like a full television series rather than just like specials coming out every couple of months. Like I could see this working like these, these personalities clashing and working together. Yeah, absolutely. There's like little pockets and then there's big differences in personality and different motivations. And that's really all you can ask for. Right. So Ghost Spider ends up breaking off from the larger group because she's there for her own sort of mission to chase Sheath while the Secret Warriors pursue exile. Quake actually calls Ghost Spider on the phone (laughs) while they are chasing their respective villains and explains what the Secret Warriors are to Ghost Spider. Because she's basically like, what is this team? What are you doing? What the heck? (laughs) 
So we get a little bit of background information, which is nice for those of us who didn't watch the Secret Wars special. (laughs) But uh, in any case, Exile appears through a portal in the floor and steals Quake's phone while she's talking on it. Um, These are superhero phones, so it's a big deal. Meanwhile, Ghost Spider clashes with Sheath and manages to actually sort of catch her and web her onto a crate. Um, Unfortunately, Exile portals again and appears uh, right there and frees Sheath and then teleports the two of them away before they can be captured. So no one gets their guy. Nope, no one gets away. And in fact, someone loses, Quake loses her phone, so that sucks. Yep, <laughs> yep. This is like very classic, like we don't all have the same goal, so none of us are going to get what we need exactly. type scenario, which right. it works. I mean, there's a reason it pops up so frequently is because it makes sense. <laughs> right, right. So Ghost Spider kind of blames Exile and the Warriors for allowing Sheath to escape because, like we said, that's that's pretty much the one goal she's honed in on. And Quake does offer to help Ghost Spider track down Sheath. Patriot, however, objects because he still doesn't trust Ghost Spider because of all their previous interactions were just them fighting, which, mm-hmm. to be fair, whenever she tried to explain herself, he was just like, no, we're going to fight. So yeah. he's, not, bad like, guy. he's not without fault there, but, you know, it's, it's understandable, I guess. Right. Quake claims, however, that she's seen proof that Ghost Spider was framed. Um, but that still creates further dissent because no one can really like agree on on how to handle the situation um, or if they should trust her. But it doesn't really matter because Ghost Spider kind of rejects the offer <laughs> to team up anyway. So she's just like, uh, peace out, guys. Um, and they all part their ways. This is so like Spider-Man not being part of the Avengers. Where it's like, yeah. Spider-Man, just be part of the Avengers. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, I do my own thing. Like, it's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, all right, it. spider people. <laughs> Miles had it right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the Secret Warriors base, a disgruntled patriot ends up clashing with his team over his belief that they don't study or train enough. Um, And at band practice, an exhausted Gwen clashes with her friends over their belief that she's alienating herself in the wake of Kevin's death. Uh, Gloria unsuccessfully appeals to Gwen, but Squirrel Girl convinces Patriot to take a day off, basically a win for her, uh, whereas Gloria fails. <laughs> right. Um, but convinces Patriot to, to take a day off after telling him, yo, not everyone's going to do things the way that you do them, and you really could use a break. Also, I can spin kick the shit out of this thing, <laughs> so maybe you should listen to me. <laughs> oh my god, she like ruins his room. <laughs> yeah, well, because, so, <laughs> they open that scene with patriot basically like studying captain america tape um and he's like trying to learn through this captain america tape like how to do this spinning kick of some kind um (laughs) but it's like complicated so like squirrel girl just comes in and like spin kicks his room to shreds and uh like what are you gonna say to that like right i I guess you know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like the parallel storytelling that they're doing with um with gwen and with patriot Mm -hmm. because they're sort of like i mean it's it's clearly it's kind of a a two sides of the same coin kind of situation they're both very stubborn and and, but in very specific ways like gwen is very goal oriented and her friend is trying to tell her like to just like stop like break out of your little cocoon and like trust Mm -hmm. people whereas patriot also very goal goal oriented, but it, but the way it manifests for him is just being like super strictly by the rules and by the book, even like to the detriment of himself. Yep. Both of them are basically like uptight in very like specific ways yeah. to kind of loosen up and let pe- and, and let people in. And like Squirrel Girl says, just kind of acknowledge that the way other people do things are different, but 
you could still kind of learn from them and and join them and be on a team with them and things would still be okay and in fact be better man you know what having a predominantly female team with only a couple guys on it allows for Mm. it allows for the one girl on the team to not have a stick up her ass the whole time yeah because that's basically like what patriot's characterization is and i feel like so frequently that 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 just goes to like the one strict rule following girl you know yep yep Yep. (laughs) can't do that when there's eight girls (laughs) yeah Yeah. you're the girl who's no fun because you just yeah you're by the book you're the party pooper girl of the group yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's no that's 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 actually a good point because that that ends up helping all of that means that every every uh every other character could have like very distinct personalities like they're all None of the girls are really uptight. Like Quake kind of is, kind of, but she's really not uptight. She's just a good leader. She's also the one that like is most willing to break the rules for That's... what she believes about Ghost Spider. That's actually very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great... Uh, I really like the gender swap here, actually. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, Doreen kind of invites Sean to uh, a day off to kind of show him her style and everything and how she can just like hit punching bags into a wall and still be silly. (laughs) Cool to see him out in just like, casual civilian gear because i genuinely yeah. didn't think we'd get that based on his characterization yeah yeah or the way that you know this this show obviously is, it's pretty limited because it's not really even a show it's like a right. special so they're yeah. they're working within like time constraints but they're still able to kind of uh to show them yeah just kind of out being themselves and show their secret identities and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and have some downtime which the way this this downtime or day off is Doreen kind of taking Rayshon to a skate park and uh, telling him to go with the flow. They also play some video games at Doreen's house. Um, and we get a really cool moment where like they're fighting and she like, just like wipes the floor with him while they're playing this fighting game. Um, Rayshon's like, what, how did you do that? She does it by like biding her time, analyzing a strategy, and then as soon as she figures it out, then uh, she just takes him out immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, that's how I superhero too. Yeah, he he was like, uh, you're just goofing off, which is probably how he views her as a superhero too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty smartly written, actually, the way that they've kind of um, they're, they're kind of like explaining like how 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 not just Squirrel Girl, but any like kind of silly, like comic relief characters like work and how they tick, mm-hmm. like why they're ultimately beneficial to these groups and also like why her uh, her kind of like fighting style is actually very effective yeah. and, and tells it through like playing a video game, which is really smart. Yeah, it's very, um, it's sort of like, it's it's a little bit Yoda, it's a little bit Mr. Miyagi, it's a little bit, you know, any of those characters that are like mentors, but people are like, you're not a mentor, you're just right. a joke. And it's like, no, it was all in there. Like every <laughs> lesson you needed to learn. Um, and it, it culminates in this really, really cool exchange where like she sort of reveals her like sensei side <laughs> mm-hmm. because she um you know she she talks about snacks and nut bars and stuff um and ray sean is like i i'm allergic to nuts and her response is like that is so sad and he's like it's not sad it's just different and she goes hmm see now you're getting it <laughs> I and i was it. like whoa bomb dropped <laughs> i love it <laughs> um it was really 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 cool i love that she she must be so sharp because she presented the entire day as like you need to relax and you need to like stop thinking about superheroing but then every single thing they do 
mm-hmm. is a lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. I and I see what you were saying about her being kind of like a more of the historical character, like her having being in this version being a more experienced superhero, and like the mm-hmm. way that that comes through. Because yeah, it is funny because she's presented as like young and flighty and just like a teenage girl or whatever. I don't know how old she is supposed to be, but yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> if you told but, me she was like thirty, I'd be like, yeah. If you told me she was like fourteen, I'd be like, yeah. Like yeah. I just have no idea. <laughs> Which is a cool. I like. I like that her character is like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really neat. But yeah, but like she's still yeah she's very insightful and has a lot of she clearly has a lot of experience behind uh, behind her. Mm-hmm. And I like that that she's being presented that way. Yeah. Well, later that day and back at the Secret Warriors base, Patriot discovers that someone has broken into a secure vault that only Captain Marvel and Quake are supposed to have access to. Um, But he doesn't get into the room in time to see that the intruder was, in fact, his nemesis ghost spider (laughs) because she escapes into an air duct. Mm -hmm. This is another weird moment where I'm not sure how much Quake knows because... Or suspects? I'm not sure because it's very clear to us that Ghost Spider tracked her way to their base and broke into that room. But Quake is like, oh, I left the door open. Yeah, it was weird. I guess it's possible because she does leave the door open again later. Mm -hmm. But we also know that she's trying to let Ghost Spider sort of operate tangentially to them. Yeah. So it's a little unclear as to if she knows what's going on or not. <laughs> yeah, and it never and it never clears up at all. Like when she no. first said that, it was just like that seems out of character for someone who's been pretty confident at this point. Right. But then it, like I left the door open in our like secret secret headquarters. Like like I yeah, it's it's weird. But, right. Especially anything associated with Carol Danvers. Like, she is no nonsense. Like, she is not allowing you to leave the door open on accident. <laughs> like, I don't right. understand. So it makes me wonder if, and again, like you said, we never get an answer, but it does make me wonder if Quake kind of already knew that Ghost Spider was going to attempt something like that. Right. And left the door open, but just for the reason that she knew Ghost Spider might come by. I, right. I don't I don't really know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's weird either way. Either way, it does kind of segue into like another little like mini lesson for Patriot though. Because she kind of chastises Patriot for like setting off the intruder alarm in a panic rather than just like thinking that it's possible that some that his leader may have made a mistake and just asking her about it. Which is kind of cool. Like I, I, I appreciate that it's, it's sort of like, no, dude, I'm your leader and I'm telling you that you should question authority sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, and it's 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 funny because his idol and his mentor is Captain America, but he has a team leader that is not Captain America. Yeah. So I imagine that's got to be such a weird position for him where he's like, but you're not Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So elsewhere, Sheath asks for Exile to teleport her somewhere far away from Ghost Spider. Uh, but Exile refuses, saying that Sheath owes him because he saved her life. So Exile explains that he plans to complete Hala's mission, whatever that is, uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> to create. Yeah, we definitely a- missed a lot of crucial information for this conversation that they're having. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't like matter that much. Cause all no. it is, is just the, it's just the backbone for fight sequences. Yes. We know he's a bad guy doing something, whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever this mission is, we got to break into the place and get the thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. In this case, he, I think he explicitly says it's to create an army using tech stolen from Hala, allowing Inhumans to rule the planet. Okay, cool, whatever. Uh, Sheath reluctantly agrees and asks where the tech tech is, and Exile points to a nearby Stark Industries warehouse. 
Yes, indeed. We do cut back once again to the Secret Warriors base where Rayshawn is leading the team in an exercise to perfect something called the million-fisted hurricane tactic. But the team fails when they skip (laughs) step number 37. (laughs) Which is so funny to me. Yeah. (laughs) Especially the way that they react to him when he's like, you can't skip step 37. It's like, there are way too many steps, bro. Like, (laughs) this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's good. So, anyway, they... uh, uh, they're practicing this maneuver, um, and while they're practicing, Quake is basically trying to like fix Rayshon's mistake um, in setting the alarm off. I think she said like once you set the alarm off, it takes a really long time to get it back to to reset it. Basically, mm-hmm. so she's working on that. She's also, I guess, replaced her phone and is like working on her phone in that vault that only she and Captain Marvel are supposed to have have <laughs> access to. But she once again leaves the room with the door open and Ghost Spider enters the room. But I don't, she comes through the air duct, right? So doesn't it not matter that the door's open? Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't yeah. know. She yeah. sets off the alarm again. So everybody rushes over there. Ghost Spider once again jumps into the air duct. So everyone's like, who's that? But carelessly, Ghost Spider <laughs> left a little bit of web um, sitting on the floor. So her feud with Tippy Toe. <laughs> Part two happens. Uh, <laughs> Squirrel Girl sends Tippy Toe into the air duct, and uh, Tippy Toe manages to defeat Ghost Spider once again. Yep, yep. <laughs> Her one true nemesis. Yes, yes. I like that. There's sort of like a like a, a nemesis triangle happening where it's like <laughs> like uh, Patriot shaking his fist at Ghost Spider. Ghost Spider shaking her fist at at Tippy. <laughs> yeah. Now we just need to find out that Tippy Toe hates uh, Patriot. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, so Tippy Toe again subdues her. Um <laughs> he, <laughs> he's her kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Ghost Spider uh, explains that she was just attempting to use the warrior's tech to track Sheath, the person that she's totally obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And Quake reminds her that if Ghost Spider helps them confront Exile, they will also find Sheath because they are working together. So yes. Ghost Spider does reluctantly agree to join them. With finger guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back at Stark Industries in that warehouse, um, the police attempt to surround and apprehend Exile and Sheath, who apparently suck at breaking into places because the police were there immediately. Exile transforms into some sort of like energy monster thing. Not sure. really sure how that power works. Sure. But he turns into like a big gargoyle thing. And the Secret Warriors plus Ghost Spider appear very, very shortly after to be like, we got this. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Captain Stacy is also there and sees that the Secret Warriors are working with Ghost Spider and then decides that all the Secret Warriors must be criminals, too. God, dude. Uh, what's as a up result, with you? because he hates Ghost Spider so much. <laughs> uh but he's also just like a guy uh who is you know not super powered so quake's like no we're not doing this today um you need to chill and builds like this big stone encasement almost like an like an arena um around her team and the two inhuman villains Mm -hmm. she does basically tell ghost spider like we need you on the outside of this i think her rationale is because you're the most agile she really just wants Ghost Spider to to keep the police occupied and make sure that the Inhumans don't hurt anybody outside of the arena right. um, or encasement or whatever it is. <laughs> right. But it's also like, and it's also kind of like, I, I'm sure part of it is like kind of subtly getting Ghost Spider to like recognize that like you don't have to be 
100% honed in and obsessed with getting to sheath yourself. Like, we can actually handle this for a little while. Yeah. And you don't have to be the only one doing it. Like, you can, we can still make this end without, like, with you not necessarily being, like, going one-to-one and head-to-head with sheath right now. Well, and from, like, a maybe potentially more cynical perspective from where Quake is is sitting, like, Ghost Spider's kind of a liability to the team's yeah. success. Yeah. So I, I don't know that this was the intention behind having her do this, but it was certainly a benefit to have her do something else. <laughs> makes sense. It totally makes sense. So, I mean, Ghost Spider doesn't love the idea, but she does it anyway. Um, and as a as a true leader would, Quake ends up joining her. She doesn't ask uh, Ghost Spider to do anything she wouldn't do. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I like Quake as a character in this. She's, she's very, um, she's yeah. like competent, but not like, she's obviously has like more shades to her than just like a generic, like leader person. <laughs> um, I'm the leader. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't watch, I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at a certain point, just like not for any reason, just kind of dropped off of it. Yeah. But it feels like she's a very different, like more mature version of her, of, of who her character was on agents of shield. So it's kind of cool that Chloe Bennett gets to like basically play, like, I guess like an older, like experienced version of the <laughs> character that she was playing, like the, like the origin story for on, on her original, on the show originally, like in the way yeah. she originally originated the role. Daisy Johnson, AKA sky in the show, right? doesn't yeah. have purple highlights does she maybe she has some later but I, she definitely didn't when i was watching them i, I don't think hmm, i hope she does if only because it's like this really bizarre frequent occurrence that like all not all but so many edgy asian <laughs> animated girls have like purple highlights have you ever seen those those like nope. meme images uh it's I don't know what memes you're talking about, but I've definitely just seen like, lots of it's the characters. It's literally just like nine pictures of Asian girl character, like animated characters who all have like a pink or a purple highlight. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, so I was just curious about that. I mean, plenty of characters in the show have highlights, so it's not like just her, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just was sitting there like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either way, so uh, uh, while this is going on, Squirrel Girl accidentally allows Sheath to escape with Patriot's glider. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that's not good um but uh sheath uh used attempts to use it to kill captain stacy um ghost spider you know doesn't want to see your dad die so she saves captain stacy by like kind of intercepting the glider from impaling him mm-hmm. and then she tells him i couldn't save kevin but i can save you i think she sustains like an inhuman injury too like yeah I think she gets scraped again <laughs> yeah, which we know, like, kind of, uh, like, sucks out her life force or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's brutal. Oh, you know what we didn't mention is, like, in the flashback, they they did this weird thing with her character design where they, even though her face is covered, they still tried to make her look gaunt. Ugh, yeah. It, it was, was like a, really weird. It was like, like they an deflated old, like, her. Skull <laughs> under there, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it was creepy. They didn't do that this time, luckily. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it creeped me out. It was very creepy. But while that's going on, while um, you know she's defending Captain Stacy from Sheath, the battle continues inside the encasement, where Patriot convinces the team that they can succeed in completing the Million Fisted Hurricane if they get this go with the flow. What? 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 
he was listening and they do in fact manage to pull it off uh disabling exile and then when they're done with that they hop out of that encasement and um help ghost spider stop sheath so they do yeah they do both get their guy in the end yeah yeah and this million fist of hurricane is crazy (laughs) that's like all of them are flying in the air like doing I can't even describe it. I don't even know like what <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> the only part I remember, and I think this is part of the Million Fisted Hurricane, but it could just be Kamala Khan in general. There's one part where like Kamala Khan's limbs are all extended and she like slingshots herself at exile, but she doesn't unlengthen her limbs, so they're all just like flapping behind her. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's so incredible. It's so good. <laughs> just like a rag doll flying through the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool so you know they kind of save the day and all that junk uh but of course captain stacy god uh, dude he's like (laughs) that's cool i'm gonna arrest ghost spider now (laughs) yeah you're still here so i'm gonna get you priorities bro (laughs) quake intervenes and it's like hey dude like i i know that she didn't she didn't do what you think she did um she explained uh she um she has him like tells him rather to uh examine the wounds inflicted by sheath um like that it would it would actually match like the wounds that kevin got proving the ghost spider was framed Uh, I forgot his name is Kevin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fucking Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Captain Stacy is like, he's like convinced, I guess, but somehow he's still like, okay, yeah, I mean, maybe you were framed for a murder. Maybe like the whole reason I'm mad at you like isn't justified, but for some reason this still isn't over and, and I'm still going to come after you as yeah. much as I can, even if I can't arrest you right now. He Why? tries to pull Who the knows? whole like, you beat up my officers a bunch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay. Because she beat up were... your officers because they like shoot at her. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you want, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not into it, dude. <laughs> yeah. He does it. the like, I'll give you one chance this time. Get out of my face before I, ch-. I think he literally says like, get out of here before I change my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Take yeah. a chill pill, Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after that, back at the Warriors base, the team welcomes Ghost Spider to join them for a post-battle snack uh, before she resists because she's Gwen Stacy and she's stubborn. Oh, she gets so <laughs> emo at the end. I know, right? She's like, no, you Patriot, don't like me. <laughs> I know. Patriot, like, calls her out for it. He's like, dude, you can't, you don't have to push people away. Like, you don't have to insist on being alone. He has a really good line about the loneliness, too. He says something to the effect of, like, do you need to be alone or are you just alone so frequently you've gotten used to it? Ooh. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, Patriot. <laughs> talk. Yeah, he gets it. He gets it. He could learn from that too, by the way. <laughs> he could. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It is. It, I like the, the little, like, they don't, they don't, like, the two of these characters don't have, like, personal connections, but I like that the, their parallel stories, like, link them up. Yeah. in a way so they can kind of um they can kind of come to this conclusion together you know so it's sort of like both of them need to learn to depend on other people mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's that's the crux of it ultimately yep and 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 he does kind of get through to gwen but she still needs one final push from squirrel girl to be like dude <laughs> just 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 shake hands you're fine just, right. just do it you get it hang <laughs> out with us jeez <laughs> you don't even ever have to hang out with us ever again like just eat a nut bar <laughs> right right yeah so so uh ghost spider's like i've got i can do you one better than nut bars and takes them to the vegan donut place um yeah. and everybody's enjoying it because these are the best vegan donuts ever 
Yes, the best vegan donuts on the middle upper west side or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the episode ends with them eating those donuts, but but also with Quake basically saying like, Gwen, call your dad. You and I both know that you're being ridiculous. And it's been days, I think she says. What in the world? Like, Gwen's been missing for days? Yep, apparently. (laughs) From her police captain dad? Gloria says at one point, like, that it's like, I know you've been at your grandma's or whatever. So I'm assuming that was her excuse. She probably told her dad that she was with her grandma, too. Yeah. Though he could have easily called her grandma and her grandma would have been like, she's not here. So and, unless her grandma is like Aunt May and doesn't know how to use a phone. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> Possible. Uh, yeah, but that's how it ends. We don't really see how that conversation goes, but we feel good because it's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's nice. It's nice. Gwen maybe is reconnecting now. I hope so. So I know it's kind of her thing, so it just could only be temporary, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I just realized we didn't even talk about the scene with uh, Squirrel Girl's dad in it. Like, we talked about him. Not that there was, it, was, it was important to the plot. Did things happen or did he just pose? I'm not just, really sure. He popped in. <laughs> well, yeah. Beautiful man popped in and was like, hey. And he, like, he like knows who Patriot is. And oh, like, yeah. Hey, I'm Doreen's dad. Oh, wow. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys can finally be invited over. I didn't think the Secret Warriors I thought the Secret Warriors might be too secret. And they're just like, okay, bye, and pops out, which is hilarious. <laughs> and Patriot's like, you told your dad? And she's like, well, yeah, who else would I tell? <laughs> yeah. It was like, what else would I tell him? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, that you're in boarding school? Like, no, why would I Why would I do that? He, he's, I mean, he knows I'm a superhero. Like, that, and she's like, where would they send the nut bars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I love her dad. I love that he's, like, totally cool with her being a superhero. I love that he makes her nut bars and makes uh-huh. the entire team nut bars. Yep. And I love that he's just like, okay, bye, guys. And he's guy's probably going to play golf or something dad-like. Yeah. He's just great. Yeah. He's and my he favorite character. on rocking the goatee in 2019. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Goatee, like rocking the bald hair. Mm-hmm. Was he in a Hawaiian shirt? Maybe I made that up. That I feel like it was a polo shirt. <laughs> yeah, probably my imagination. But he probably wears Hawaiian shirts sometimes. I hope Let's so. Be real. Can Best only character. pray for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that special, Marvel. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, you know what? Paul Giamatti is not in the MCU yet. So, yeah, man. Uh, Paul Giamatti for Doreen's dad. Anyone? <gasps> Oh, God, I can't. Mm. <laughs> I'll finish out the episode while you take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Um, well, we don't have anything left to talk about plot-wise, but there are so many good faces of the episode in these episodes um, or in these specials because um, they really do allow comedy to shine in these, which I appreciate. Um, so right off the bat, we do get this wonderful expression from Ghost Spider uh, crashed into the vegan jelly the vegan donut jelly i guess organic like, jelly crashes into a sure. cellar full of organic jelly <laughs> i don't know sure uh, <laughs> but it allows for a wonderful uh over it face <laughs> <laughs> it's very they i do appreciate that they allow her mask to be expressive i know that's yes. sort of commonplace in spider-man now but uh i appreciate it all the same because it's not always been the case so oh yeah definitely. i like that Definitely. I like the other screen cup that you grabbed of uh, Gwen's finger guns that we pointed out earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's She's good. got good finger gun game. <laughs> good finger gun game. Um, There is a 
There's a grab that I I I got because it reminded me of one of our recent faces of the episode where like a face has just been rendered in too much detail for the show that it exists within. Yeah. There's like this random guy who works at the Stark Industries warehouse. He's nobody. He's not anybody at all. But I think he's either killed or injured by Sheath and Sheath's weapons glow. And so whoever whoever lit this scene was like, I am going to give you all the depth ever. <laughs> And it is so dramatic. Um, yeah. Because the show like doesn't have much shadow to it. Like, there's rarely any shadows yeah. at all. It's, it's very flat lighting. Flat. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they, they shadow his teeth. They shadow, like, his dimples <laughs> underneath his eyes. Like, it is everything gets its shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the most anime this show looks for this oh, one yeah. guy. This one, one unnamed person. Bystander, mm-hmm. some rando. <laughs> yeah, the last one I noticed is too the energy monster that Exile turns into. It's just like this big, like naked energy monster thing. Yeah, like very naked. I just don't... a real big buff in some shots, quite thick. Um, yeah, energy gargoyle monster thing. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. No, but it is. It's an interesting choice. <laughs> I know it's weird because he doesn't even have like. Uh, like a lot of times when you have like a quote like naked character, they still sort of have like a like briefs on of some kind. Nope. <laughs> Just like a line to designate briefs. Nope. Mm-hmm. Not this guy. Nope. 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 That's cool. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the one. I mean, I don't. I, this show wasn't made for me. I think that was. So yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's the most interesting <laughs> thing about Exile. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, lots and lots of good good faces and fun fun moments in these in these episodes. So I hope that yeah. you will you will go watch them. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know, didn't like, already, I hope I, you already yeah. watched them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said like this wasn't made for me because it's not like I said it's not necessarily the thing that I probably would have sought out outside of this podcast. But I really enjoyed it still anyway. Like regardless, yeah, it's really it's really fun. Comedy is on point. I'm really an, really. Uh, excited to learn more about these characters and I'm definitely going to seek out some uh, Kamala Khan and some uh, yes. Squirrel Girl comics for sure. Yeah. If, if this were a, a traditional style or rather a traditional format animated show, I would, I would absolutely be watching this on the regular. I just think they do such a fun job with their dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <sighs> well, if you like our dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, in any case, um, this is where I tell you that if you like what we're doing and you stuck around for two plus hours of our discussion, um, you should check us out on Patreon because you like what we're doing and we like you. So, um, if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, if you want to see us do different types of things, try out different formats, acquire series that are a little bit more difficult to find, um, check us out on Patreon, become a patron. There are perks and thank yous involved in that process. We certainly would not go without showing our gratitude for those of you who are supporting us um, and you can check that out at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers yes please do please do um, in the meantime if you want to hear more from us individually you can follow me at Derek B. Gale on Twitter and hear me talking about other naked gargoyle monsters probably <laughs> at some point I'm sure that will come up and has come up so yeah, more of that content. Um, you can also find me on YouTube for my show Second Chance, um, which 
I'm aiming to have an episode done, uh, have my show come back off of hiatus by the end of this month. And, and the hype is real. Yeah, I am now. My, my life is finally settled back down, less chaotic. So hopefully, more time to focus on that. But I have some stuff that was in the middle of production when I had to put it on hiatus. So hopefully, I can get a quicker turnaround on that for this month and get back on a nice schedule. But basically, it's a monthly uh, YouTube series looking at uh, bad or divisive media that uh, people don't really like or is considered not good um and trying to find like uh positive things about it or maybe see why it was actually good all along or even if it isn't why people who like it might have liked it how about you doug yeah you can find me on twitter at ikibuli i-c-k-y-b-o-o-l-e-y there is a current season of survivor happening so you will probably find me tweeting about that when i am able to watch it i will likely seek out some more of the marvel rising stuff that doesn't feature ghost spider um and if i do i will try to tweet about that so you can get some supplemental material And if you are into Pokemon stuff, uh, you can find me on another show here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, where my co-host Kyle and I talk anything and everything about Pokemon as we feel like it. So um, sometimes we talk about the show, sometimes we talk about manga, sometimes we talk about old games that we are replaying, but mostly right now we are talking about the upcoming Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield as all of that news is breaking. So if you are excited about Pokemon Sword and Shield, so are we check us out noise and if you'd like to see more from walloping web snappers you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod where you can email us if with any questions concerns fan art or whatever you want at more naked gargoyles more (laughs) More naked gargoyles Um, email us that at wallabingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love it, love it, love it, love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to us. Um, if you rate us a nice review um, or a not nice review, any review at all, we will do a dramatic reading of it on mm-hmm. our social media. Um, but even if you don't want to do that, just just rating us like on iTunes really, 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 really helps. Um, or I guess Apple Podcasts, or rather. You can also, uh, like we said, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wildlingwebsnappers for some amazing perks and get some commentary episodes and, and other special content. Next time, Spidey finds himself in a Pokemon and Digimon-style anime in the little-known series Marvel Disc Wars, The Avengers, and the episodes The Mightiest of Heroes and Heroes Annihilated. Bye! Bye!